Hey, this is Linda Hamilton, and if you don't watch BelowTheBeltShow.com, you are terminated, fucker. The Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. That's right, it's time for another episode of BTB, and this is a very special Below the Belt show. It's a crossover show, if you will, by an amazing podcast. You might have heard Art Hall a couple weeks back as guest co-host on Below the Belt show. He's got a phenomenal podcast called That Was Disappointing, and uh, we're going to do a little crossover where we bring on the hosts of TWD, that's that was just disappointing on BTV. And then the following week, um, myself and the king of the 80s, Chachi McFly, will be guesting on TWD. So it's a little switcheroo, um, foursome, if you will. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming up. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's not a foursome everybody wants, though. Right. Not a it's, true. it's true. Never has there been a least. Uh, enticing foursome as <laughs> right. you see before you now. Yeah, guys, uh, I think I have to go. <laughs> oh, Joe, you didn't know about this? <laughs> this is awkward. Well, I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most. And let's go ahead and introduce the room, if you will, starting with, that's right, fresh back from Florida, from Disney World, the most magical place on Earth, the one and only, the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, Chachi McFly. I should look all tan if you can see me, except for where the um, you know, the, the mouth out- outline is for the mask. <laughs> Other than that, the rest of my face should be nice and tan. So okay. <laughs> it feels good to be back. <laughs> there you go. There's that glow about you, yeah. It's definitely always a glow. And let's but go like, ahead and. But you know, like normally, you know, we have like a beautiful um, and intelligent female um, guest co-host on the show, but this week we're doing a special. Make a wish um, project on Blow the Bell show. Like we're giving like a less less fortunate, you know, podcast a chance to come in and Thank like you. you know join a you know we're join a, a podcast that's podcast. been going on for like forty years. Like we've been going on before the internet was even invented. Right. Doing our podcast. So I'm happy pod- to be able to help. Podcasts were invented. So There's so look at that. Thing. See that Joe? They're doing the Make a Wish thing for us. Isn't that yeah, nice? It's sweet. Very sweet. Yeah. That being said, let's so. go ahead and introduce the brains and the hosts behind. That was disappointing. Starting with guys, 
He is an actor. He is a screenwriter, a podcaster. He is an editor, a filmmaker. The list goes on and on. He is Art Hall. I really thought you were talking about Joe for a minute there until you said editor. He doesn't do that shit at all. I really don't. Um, but uh, yeah, what up? How's it going? Good to Good be here. Good to have you back. And uh, are you? Last time you were on Below the Belt show, you uh, you were gracing your presence with us. And uh, an AMW. I know you love the term AMW. You actually coined <laughs> that term with me. Does she like it though? <laughs> <laughs> the actress, model, whatever. Or does she, or is, is that particular lady not listening to your show, so she won't hear this reference? <laughs> She'll take it in good fun. Okay, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Art, it's great to have you back. It's a pleasure as always. All right, your co-host with the most is none other than the phenomenal, the pop culture enthusiast he knows it all man this guy knows everything from marvel dc and uh pro wrestling he's a great my, mind my condolences uh <laughs> <laughs> and i'm really happy to have him on joining us on btb joe lex yeah my friends call me lex so you can call me joe all right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. He's been working on that all week. <laughs> and I would like to try the waitress, by the way. Um, <laughs> little See, catch. They have a show. little bit of a different show here, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, guys, if you could, um, please give us a little, uh, little synopsis, if you will, of TWD. Yeah. Um, about your terminal illnesses you have, and um, and, uh, and how great we are to help you out no well in that case joe why don't you take this one okay so um hmm. (laughs) so basically twd was a kind of uh the brainchild of a few of us uh during covid uh we were going stir crazy and we decided that if we were all going to die anyway that we might as well try to do something productive while we were sequestered um as you can see it's not very productive but it's uh but it's been a lot of fun <laughs> and it's 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 been a um we have gone through some changes recently we've lost our old producer uh because he's having a baby my condolences oh okay <laughs> no no he's still very much alive okay uh, socially, not so much, but uh, <laughs> living-wise, uh, he certainly propagated the species, so there you go. Can you guys have a separate producer? That must be nice. It's only a name. Don't, oh, okay. don't worry. It's easy. <laughs> it's, it's fine. And then you uh, brought on a new producer who was supposed to join us this evening, but yeah. I guess he felt he doesn't, something he, better to do <laughs> tonight. Like he doesn't like you for some reason, Al. I'm not sure what's going on there, but, you know. Yeah. Said something about your Facebook posts or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll try not to take that personally. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, guys, we, we have an amazing show from top to bottom, guys. And, uh, of course, you can check out TWD and all the streaming platforms. Correct? Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, all of them. Though, for some reason, it seems like uh, nobody uses Stitcher for us, but you can check us out on Stitcher if you'd like and bring those numbers back up. Okay. Actually, actually, don't, uh, because if you do, the header image still has our old producer on it, and we have no idea how to change that. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the internets. It yeah. is what it is. 
Yes, uh, well, we do see the logo. Uh, I know we're on podcast, but uh, that was disappointing. You actually already had your new producer on uh, your logo. Yeah, we don't waste very much time. Okay. <laughs> very nice. Well, let's not go ahead and waste any time here on BTV, yeah. guys. So, Just so you know, the show ends at 3 a.m., so I hope you guys wow. are strapped in and ready. <laughs> oh, by the way, Joe, he means 3 a.m. West Coast time, so you are fucked. Well, you know, since I'm usually up at 6 a.m. Eastern time, it actually works out. There oh, there you go. Serendipity. Serendipity. Well, before okay. we get into everything in the world. news starts around 4 a.m., so you should be good. Before we get into everything in the world. Yes, of course. <laughs> he thinks. Well, I mean, I figured let's talk a little bit about uh, Disney, um, Chachi, because you were just in Disney World. Tell us what the experience was like, because I know a lot of people are clamoring to return to a, uh, some kind of theme park. And, of course, Disney is the premier theme park. Um, I know that um, out in L.A., April 30th will be the opening of Disneyland. However, Florida, being the wild, wild west that it is, uh, has been open for quite some time. Um, but to be fair, they have a whole hell of a lot more room there. Okay. You could fit all of the Disney, all the, the Disneyland parks in like the parking lot for one of theirs out there. I mean, it's just yeah. so spacious in Disney world. And actually on um, California adventure, it used to be their parking lot. Yeah. See? In all honesty, <laughs> yeah, it, it actually was. And they ended up just building parking garages and using their old parking lot as a second park. So that's oh, how wow. crammed, um, yeah, pretty crammed. It is in sorry, California. I'll continue on. I'm just curious how the experience is um, during this pandemic as far. Yeah. 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 Going to the theme park. I mean, uh, are they restricted about the social distancing? Oh, yeah. Do they require the mask when you're on the roller coaster, Space Mountain, et cetera, Splash Mountain? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Disney, um, Disney World is um, and Disney in general is definitely a lot more strict than um, than Florida in general. You know, like you would think that you were at the, one of the most strict um, COVID areas um, in the country. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Disney is all about PR, as you've seen in the past, and they don't want any kind of outbreak associated with Disney. And plus, they don't want to shut down. So they want to keep it going as much as possible. And they don't want some kind of outbreak saying, like, oh, now we got to close Disney and them losing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or however much they're going to lose. But, you know, everything's done, like, on the app. you got to book your restaurants and stuff on the app. Okay. Um, you got to wear the mask the whole entire time when you're in the park. And actually, um, the week I was there was the first week they allowed you – to remove the mask to take pictures outside. Oh, okay. And that was the first week. But you got to be stationary. Um, you also, um, you know, all the lines are six feet apart. You're supposed to stand behind these, you know, lines on the ground. They have plexiglass um, where the railings are in the lines. So when you're zigging around, you know, you have ah, the plexiglass. Um, interesting. They spent a lot of money on on just getting Disney ready for COVID. Like, even in the monorails, where you're heading over to Magic Kingdom or whatever, they have plexiglass inside the monorails dividing the oh. cars into four wow. sections. And you have to sit, you know, with your family or whatever in your little <clears throat> corner of the, of the four sections. Uh, so they're very, very serious about COVID. Uh, you know, we even rode uh, Splash Mountain because that's um, going away. Uh, and we wanted to buy a picture. We actually took our mask off um, during the drop. And it was just you know, just our party um, in the car at the time, you right. know, in the, in the log flume. And they would not print out the picture for us because we had our mask off in the picture. Oh, you know? mm. And we, sure. we tried to plead. We're like, well, you said you can take the mask off for pictures. And they're like, well, that's only outside, not on the rides. 
and we're like, well, it's only our family, you know, there, you know, um, our party right. on the ride. And they said, it still didn't matter. They didn't want that picture getting out, and they wouldn't even oh, print it out. Wow. They gave us passes to go back on the ride um, that day. Let me guess. You, know. you took a picture of the monitor. I, we didn't get a chance to. It, it flashed up real quick, then it was gone. Oh, and okay. It would have to or <laughs> anything. What we yeah. do sometimes. Just take yeah, a picture yeah. of the monitor. Yeah, so do, so do we. But... Yeah, so they're very, very strict. But you know, other than that, you know, a lot of the shows were still open, like the Carousel Progress. They, they just have the rows, um, every other row, you know, booked off, like Muppet Vision 3D. They just have like seats, you know, X'd out. You can't sit on certain seats. So everything's still kind of spaced out, you know, and still open. The lines weren't bad at all. Like the, I think the park they said was like 30, 35 percent capacity or something like that. But I heard it's. Okay. I heard they consider capacity like the most crowded day that they have, which is around Christmas time at Disney. So 35% capacity is still pretty much an average um, day at Disney other times of the year. So the, so the parks aren't really that, they aren't really that, um, you know, they aren't really that um, you know, empty, as you would think, during COVID. Okay. You know? So pretty, it's still pretty normal. In the parks, but now the lines was, are too bad. I was curious about the Avengers Campus. Uh, is that is that is? I know it's going to be a part of Disneyland, but was was that open when you went to Disney World? Um, no, it's nothing. Nothing Avengers. Um, okay. Okay. And I, I, know, I think that's, I think it's probably because of um, Universal owns um, or has rights to use um, different Marvel characters in their parks. Oh. Adventure, like they have. They have the Hawk, they have Spider-Man ride there, they have Doctor Doom. Oh, Dead. okay, so that that's going to be something exclusive to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Disney World is getting any kind of Marvel. I mean, unless they do, it might be certain types of Marvel characters. Like maybe they'll be able to get um, Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that, like they have at Disneyland. That's right, they do have that because I'm reading here June 4th, uh, two days after Kevin Feige's birthday. Isn't that your old boss? Uh, right. Yeah, for, for a little bit of time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna um, it's gonna have uh, the Avengers Campus open up. Um, so that's shortly after the big opening on April 30th. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. One ride that I missed was the Rise Rise of the Resistance. Yes, 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 because it wasn't available when I went to Disneyland at the time. Um, how was that ride? Because that that just looks amazing for what I've seen. See, this this ride is it's hard to to book. Um. And like I was there before at the um, Galaxy's Edge, um, you know, Star Wars area, and that was before this ride was open. So I rode the Millennium Falcon ride, um, but Rise of the Resistance wasn't open yet. So we went back, and to get on this ride, you have to book it in, in the app at seven oh, in the morning. Wow! Yeah, that's the only way. There's no waiting in line. You know, there's no lining up, waiting hours. So you have to get in this virtual queue on the app. You have to it's make an appointment. appointment. Right, right. Popular and, AF, man. Yeah, and you got two chances that day that you're going, and you get to do it the, the day of um, to get on that ride. So seven in the oh, morning, smokes. and it books up in seconds. So we had, you know, our whole party trying to do it, and none of us got it. You know, and and so then the second chance you have is at 1 p.m. But you get to be inside the park. You know, the 7 a.m. you can do it from your hotel or wherever, but at the 1 p.m. you get to be inside the Disney park and one of the tricks to do it is um, don't go on Wi-Fi in the park because that kind of they kind of get priority to people not on Wi-Fi, 
and uh-huh. you know pull up like a world clock type of app that has the exact time and just have a friend view that and then when it gets close to that 1 p.m time just keep refreshing on the app wow. and then in the app you can tie people to your party but if there's anybody who's in your group that's not automatically selected when when that time comes to submit submit um just don't worry about them just, just do whoever's pre-selected in the party and then just hit submit a couple of times uh don't go try to check anybody off because that's going to slow you down and you won't get it. So then if you do get it, you can always go and try to get them to add people to your party after the fact. But it's got to be, um, you need, you need to, to get one of the, um, one of the reservations first, you know, to okay. um, get on the ride, you know, one well, of the appointments. Seems like quite a process. It's, but, it's, uh, it's a stressful process. And we got lucky because when we were at Hollywood studios, it downpoured the whole entire day and we were in ponchos and, you know, shoes and socks soaked and, and I think that probably helped us out where a lot of people left early you know before one so mm. it probably helped us to get that pass but it's a whole stressful process wow wow there was a lot of rain in Florida because I know in Wrestlemania the same weekend in Tampa yeah it was like a, they called it Wrestlemania or something because <laughs> yeah. it was pretty much torrential yeah. downpour for two nights yeah, in a the row actual, the actual ride itself I'll say probably the best ride I've ever been on is really wow, amazing. the best like, ride you've ever been on. I think so. Rise like the, wow. the uh, Millennium Falcon ride, I was disappointed. I mean, it was cool looking, like I said before, like being in the life-size Millennium Falcon. But right. the actual ride itself, like I, I kind of thought that um, Star Tours was a was a better ride. You know, well, I gotta, I got to ask you, so the Millennium Falcon one you're talking about, Smuggler's Run, right? Yeah, Smuggler's Run. So yeah. what job did you have? The first time I had just like the third row, which was the was it engineer, the gunner or whatever? Engineer, 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 yeah. That job sucks. It but, sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was my experience the first time. This time I was actually the pilot. There it you go. And it still wasn't that much fun. It was a lot more fun. It was a lot more fun. Yeah. But you know, but Your as Han far Solo, as the whole itself, I thought it was kind of disappointing. And then, especially going on Rise of Resistance, you know, it made that ride even more pale in comparison. But yeah, Rise, Rise of the Resistance. Um, it's hard to, to tell like about the ride without giving too much away, but it really feels like you're in the Star Wars movie. You know, you're walking around different areas. You know, you're seeing like you walk into a room and you see like 50 stormtroopers lined up, and like I think they're animatronic ones, but it's just badass. And it's, you're inside of a, so I think a Star Wars. Uh, another part you see guys um, adats, um, and you go into this one room. You know, they're shooting at you. You see Kylo Ren, and, and you know he's in his lightsaber, and he's coming through the same point. Is it he's a cosplayer Kylo Ren or a animatronic? It's that the real. Yeah, it's, it's the real. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah, Adam Driver. Yes, it's actually him. It's not like he's doing um, much now. I mean, hey, look, dude, COVID's been hard on everybody. You got to make your money however you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, yeah, man. Now, the question I have is, uh, because I'm more of like a foodie, I found that anytime a ride comes heavily recommended, it's not really my cup of tea, I guess you could say. Um, for instance, I will never understand why there's an hour-long wait for Peter Pan's flight. Uh, I just don't exactly, get it. Exactly, uh, right. Yeah, nobody yeah. understands that. That's just pure <laughs> nostalgia for a bunch of people who went to Disneyland when they were kids. Right. So. So what I wanted to ask was, how is the food there in the Star Wars area? Just because I've heard it was a little lackluster, and yeah. I was wondering if you experienced that at all. I did. I We ate there last time I was there um, a couple of years ago, 
and, and the food was decent, but nothing that we even cared to go back um, again and eat at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the Brown Derby this time. Um, so, like, nothing to go back. Like, the whole area, the Star Wars area is great, but it still seems like it needs to be fleshed out more. And Just especially the blue milk, the blue milk. I think that's all you really needed. Yeah, so. I, I got I got the blue <laughs> milk the first time. I got the green milk the second time. Well, the no, cantina gotta, was really cool. I was gonna say, go to the cantina and get yourself an alcoholic beverage. Yeah, for. I went to the cantina the last time. Got the fuzzy tauntaun, which has kind of foam on the top that actually made your mouth numb, which I thought was oh, really yeah. cool. This time the cantina was booked up when we um, bought tickets already. Mm-hmm. It's probably reduced capacity again, but um, okay. but also like with the COVID, you didn't have the characters walking around like you did normally. Galaxy's uh, Edge. Last time we saw um, Kylo Ren walking around um, looking for Ray and stormtroopers, and and then after they left, um, you saw Ray sticking around the corner and stuff. So you're kind of like was like in the show. But this time they had a few characters that were like behind a rope in this one section. There's some of the, some of the um, vehicles, but they didn't really get out and walk around with people. And you find out within the whole entire park, like none of the characters were walking around. Like when you first walk in um, Magic Kingdom with the train station, the characters were up there, you know, behind the railing, you know, two two stories up. So the characters are, which this is surprising because you figure the characters, they're probably like the most, um, you know guarded against COVID out of anybody, you know. Right. Well, they have the entire, entire costumes. Yeah. And they have masks. <laughs> they have masks. They have a full, full mask. You can put a mask underneath there. Right. I figured they'd be walking around if anything, but Disney doesn't have them. Okay. Now, when you were there, did you play the um, the sort of augmented reality game with your, your app when you're in no. the Star Wars land? Oh, dude, that's dope. You got to try that where, like, you're transcribing messages and you're delivering packages and collecting stuff for the All Rebellion. Right. It's super fun, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, like when we're at Disney World, I usually have my phone on like um, battery saver mode and stuff because you know uh, how fast it goes in, in Disney. Um, right, of course. But it, it does sound um, cool. I mean, it's a cool area, especially for people who haven't been. I mean, definitely, like if, if we didn't get Guardi- um, Rise of the Resistance, then I would have been really upset because I, I got to feel like going back anytime soon. And I was mainly just going just for that one ride. So I was definitely happy go. to um, get it. But yeah, wearing the mask all day inside the park is kind of. It's definitely a pain in the ass. It's like hard to breathe a lot, you know, and um, get it where, especially when it's hot in the Florida heat. Yeah, so I'll so be happy for the day when you just go back to Disney and just like suck in all that nice, uh, expensive Disney air. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, awesome. Well, um, there's things that are starting to open up. I mean, of course, theme parks. Um, Cirque du Soleil is returning, Chachi. I know you're a fan of Cirque oh, du Soleil. Good. Definitely. Uh, returning June 28th in Las Vegas, um, Sir um, Mystery, Mystery, whatever. Uh, Kuza is another one will be returning. Um, so uh, yeah, that's just signs that they're we're getting us uh, slowly back to normal. Um, Michael Jackson one. Up. The Michael Jackson one, yeah, I, I believe that one's probably going to open up too. That's um, my favorite in Vegas. Yeah, the Michael Jackson one is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and they're uh, starting to bring back the red carpets. Uh, in fact, they had a red carpet uh, event uh, for Pose, the third and final season of Pose in New York. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, very different than what we've seen before. Um, eight feet between talent and journalists. Um, plexiglass partitions between the photographers. So oh, wow. although the red carpets are back, there's going to be some changes for now. Um, Nothing that you are interested in, huh? 
<laughs> like, like glass and wearing masks and stuff. And, and eight, that, eight feet away from yeah, uh, your can't, favorite celebrities, can't right? Get that photo op, right? <laughs> well, we we try to make it sometimes, you know. Uh, you oh, know. trust me, if there's a will, there's a way for Soda to get his soda. <laughs> <laughs> like, Are like you in? Doing the hole in the plexiglass, like a. <laughs> oh yeah, he'll be like the guy in um in yeah Mission Impossible, just like. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Of course, the movie theaters, New York is now open the 33% capacity for movie theaters. Of course, they're one of the last major cities to start opening the theaters. So, um, but let's talk about some movies that are coming out, guys. We just saw a trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Wow, uh, really, really cool trailer. I don't know if anyone got a chance to see it. Not yet, no. Aquafina's in it. Uh, Seema Liu's in it from King's Convenience. Um, and um, the special effects in just on that trailer alone was phenomenal. Um, and if you don't know what the Ten Rings are, um, the rings imbue whoever wears them on each hand with some pretty awesome powers including the ability to control people's minds, rob a room of all the light within it, freeze any solid object, and the star... what happens when you put a ring on a woman's finger in America. Right! Hey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Don't send me hate mail. <laughs> and discharge, discharge. He's not lying though. So. <laughs> <laughs> and discharge powerful bolts of electricity. Wow. So each ring has a specific power. So is this kind of like the Infinity Stone starter pack? Is that what it is? Like, <laughs> like training wheels for Infinity Stones? We'll give you some power, but not enough that's like universal. It's so funny you mentioned that because they say that it sounds awfully familiar to Thanos' Infinity Stone, Stones. Uh, because the rings have been reconceived as armbands that are generally worn as bracelets. So although they, although they glow with some kind of blue energy... They clearly provide whoever wears them with, with those powers. Um, so it's um, still unclear whether these bands will correspond with the same abilities the rings hold in the comic books. But uh, mm. yes, already very, very um, similar in, in, some, in some regards. I'm, I'm not as uh, cosmic, um, powerful wielding as, as the Infinity Stones, but with, with, uh, and I would, with some capabilities. And I was going to say that it's probably good that um, that Iron Man 3 had the Mandarin as kind of a comic villain, not the real villain, because wasn't, you know, isn't his power rings as well? So if Iron Man 3, like if they had actually went with the real Mandarin, it would be kind of like, eh, so they're going, you know, they are going back to the, the well now with Shang-Chi as well. Mm. I don't know. It's you know, you know, just a thought. So, so right. perhaps Marvel lucked out there with going with the uh, uh, with going with the twist about him just being a failed actor rather than uh, rather than the actual Mandarin villain. You know, okay. just you know, just a thought. Interesting. Okay, it's funny you mentioned Iron Man because uh, the original uh, War Machine, Terrence Howard, uh, has a movie coming out with uh, R.J. Mitty. From Breaking Bad, you might know him as uh, Brian Cranston's son with with cerebral palsy, um, and he's playing a wrestler with cerebral palsy, um, and it's going to screen uh, at the end of the month at limited Cinemark theaters. So that's something to look out for. Um, well, I believe that the actor actually does have cerebral palsy. Exactly. Yeah, he does. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he had yep. the he, he does have it. He had to 
emphasize it a little bit for the show. Like he yeah. doesn't actually need, you know, the the walking assistance. But yeah, I mean, he legitimately is an actor with it, and that's awesome. He's playing some pretty awesome parts with that. It's a very interesting character thing, you know. Awesome yeah. that he's doing that. Not awesome that he has. <laughs> it's like awesome he has. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus, good for him. Yeah, he's doing him. <laughs> but yeah, I, the premise is great. A high school senior battling against all odds to be a wrestler. Um, so um, how is he now? He's got to be old now, right? Yeah, he's portraying now. high school, right? Yeah, how? I think he's got a baby face, though. I don't think he has any facial hair, and that goes a long way in playing young. Yeah, check out how old RJ Mitty is. I think he's already 30. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I'm sure. I'm sure he is. Look, if some of those actors and actresses in Greece could play <laughs> high schoolers, trust me, it, it, it's fine. Oh, when, when <laughs> Travolta... like some 40-year-olds pretending they're 17, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for my turn to play a high schooler. That's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, he's still still submit for uh 18 tyl right oh yeah of course uh in my my eyes i still play 18 to 32 right okay so. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, like this guy has a hard life <laughs> I, I just go back to like those actors from the 40s or 50s like you look at humphrey bogart and be like oh man he's got to be what 50 or 60 in this movie you look him up he's 32 jesus <laughs> christ yeah. Like, oh, yeah. so, how old is rj is um 28 years old Okay, yeah. So these oh, he's still three. young. Wow. Was it the same age as Luke Perry when he started nine twenty though? I think it was around that, wasn't he? I think so. So that that yeah. that makes total sense then. Uh, why not? <laughs> um, somebody mentioned Anna Driver earlier, but um, he is um, opening the upcoming Cannes Film Festival in a movie called Annette. It's a musical love story uh, with Adam and uh, Marion Cotillard and uh, Simon Helberg. So, uh, of course, uh, Adam Driver is already uh, proven to be the consummate actor. Um, that film that he did with um, Scarlett Johansson was phenomenal. If any, a marriage story. If anyone's seen that, just he was a f- fantastic actor. And, of course, uh, Black Klansman. He's, he's really come a long right. way. Um, yeah. And Tribeca Film Festival, which is going to be the first film festival to have an in-person festival since the pandemic. Um, they're going to open up with John Chu's In the Heights, which is Lin-Manuel's Miranda uh, musical turned into a film. So Thank God. I'm, I'm happy that's going to be released because I'm sick of seeing that damn trailer for the last like, year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was getting ready to come out right before the pandemic, and they just keep bringing yeah. the trailer out over and over and over again. <laughs> in the Heights. In the Heights. In the Heights, yeah. yes. <laughs> Should be fun. And Chachi sent me this that Rocky Four, uh, the it's uh, Sly Stallone's director's cut, yes. has been given an official title <laughs> called simply Rocky versus Dra- Drago. Right. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yes. So he's doing a director's cut of that movie now. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how different that would be from what came out. I'm very curious too. But one thing that they did mention is that they have behind-the-scenes documentary that they filmed on an iPhone during quarantine. Curious how that happens with that a movie that was... Much. Like, <laughs> Can't it just be called Rocky Ends the Cold War? Yeah. I know. That's really what it should be. <laughs> that would be perfect. Yeah, I've been watching, like, uh, um, Sly Stallone, his, his Instagram, he's been going and, like, um, doing a lot of editing um, himself, or at least he has been on the Instagram. Um, so um, it's definitely one of my favorite Rocky films. 
from back in the day, so I'm looking forward to this one. This director's uh, coming. Thank you. Yes, yeah. and of course he is not coming back to Creed 3. We mentioned this on the show. Um, and also, Sly does plan to do a Rocky prequel of young. A series, yeah. Young, A super young um, Rocky, I guess, because he was already young in the first Rocky film. But uh, Rocky and so Sly, So is Sly Stallone playing a high schooler? There's a lot of CG, man. I'd watch that, honestly. You know what, man? I, they didn't perfect the Irishman. They didn't perfect that in the Irishman. So I you think know, I'd rather watch go. it. Him play a high schooler and like just with no C- CGI or nothing. Just have him look like high <laughs> now. And put him in put in young clothes and act like nobody notices. Like they do on Saturday Night Live where they play high schoolers. Yeah, that'd be great. Yes. yes. <laughs> around talking to girls like his. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're, you're so young and handsome. And, you know, like, I, I totally right. watched that. You watched that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> watched the shit out of that. But with, without the de-aging is what you're saying. Without it, yeah. Just how without it looks now. Okay. Yeah, just young clothes, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and nobody notices at all like, in the series. Like, nobody mentions it or nothing. Yeah. He was like. <laughs> just go with it. Just go with oh, it. Man. Godzilla versus Kong. Um. Still the number one movie, 7.7 million added um, for uh, another week in a row. Um, only available on HBO Max until April 30th. So if you want to catch it, um, you can catch it in the theaters. Or if you really want to not leave your couch, yeah. you have um, less, you know, a little more than a week to, to watch it on HBO Max. That kind of movie, I think you should see it in the theater. Like, yeah. yeah. You got to see it in the theater. Did we mention our guest for tonight, or, or am I just half asleep? Yeah, we usually do mention the guest uh, that's going to yeah, be. Yeah, just a- let it be a surprise. People will figure <laughs> out what done. It's like the reward for making yeah. it that far. You're all yeah. talking about me and stuff and Disney. You know. I know. We would cut, We usually do introduce at the top of the program who's going to be on. For fans of Young Rock on NBC, this is a, a great um, sitcom based on Dwayne Johnson's life. Uh, in three different parts of his life, from young child to high schooler to college years, um, we have the actor that plays the Iron Sheik. Yes. And Joe Lex is wearing the Iron Sheik T-shirt, incidentally. Awesome, awesome. The actor's name is Brett, and I had to ask Mike the General's out about this pronunciation because he's uh, Iranian, and it's Brett Azar. Brett Azar will okay. be <laughs> will be on BTB tonight, so I think that's really exciting. Yeah, definitely one of my um, becoming fastly one of my favorite um, sitcoms. Me too. On Josh, TV, I'm glad, like, glad you very told well me made. I gotta watch it because it's really well written, and a lot of people think it's PR for Rock to actually run for president. Um, <laughs> I'm really curious about that, so I'm I'm curious to to know what Brett's thoughts are on Rock actually running. So yeah, and I've thought that for a while that he will run for president and i think if he runs he'll win regardless oh, of what his um political party is well his uh, politics are his um views right uh, I, I gotta say like so this is a sitcom on what channel again it's on nbc but it can also be viewed on peacock so now anybody have an idea on how exactly they're handling this iron Sheik? because all the clips i've ever seen of him he is profoundly vulgar and yes. he said some really whacked out stuff. Yeah. Yes. So how on earth are they going to do that in a a sitcom? <laughs> well, they don't show that vulgar side of chic. Uh, one of my 
one of my favorite stories about the Sheik is that they always said that uh, Andre the Giant, um, as you all know, you know, one of the most famous wrestlers of all time, that he had a list. And it was like, you know, he thought of everybody in one of two categories. Basically, he loved you or he hated your guts. Oh, wow. And, okay. said, and they said that the Sheik was on his hate list. Wow. That, you know, you, you, you wow. know, that's something that, uh, that, that I like, you know, he would specifically ask the, the booker at wrestling events to put him in the ring with Sheik that night just so he could rough him up. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Holy she's a shit. tough guy, but I hate to be on on Andre's on um, bad side. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and he really hates Hulk Hogan. He he still uh, buries him on Twitter, pretty much. I remember watching, um, looking at uh, Sheik's Twitter during WrestleMania, and he would basically live tweet on on <laughs> WrestleMania saying how you know Hogan sucks. He's a jabroni. Fuck him. Fuck him. You know all that stuff. It, it's hysterical. You got to see the Sheik's uh, Twitter. It's it's hysterical, guys. Yeah, but, but, uh, Andre Andre was real funny. Like the funniest story I remember is talking about him on um, when they were filming Princess Bride, and like during one of the um, one of the times they were filming him, like he just let out like a fart for like <laughs> it was like it was like a, it was like it was like forty five seconds. Like they go by. Like and it was went on for. For that long, everybody and it's a stop production. Everybody just sat there quiet. I went on for 45 seconds, and like the the director was like, um, "Andre, you okay?" And he's like, "I am now, boss." <laughs> <laughs> was it captured? Was audio captured of that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that would have been amazing. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we'll have to look for that. So, well, we got some movies in production. So, uh, Michael Ke- Michael Keaton is actually official. Uh, he will be in Flashpoint. This is the Flash solo movie based on the popular graphic novel. Um, I guess it was kind of rumored that he would be a part, but yeah, now they're making it official that um, that he will be back, and Ben Affleck will be back as Bruce Wayne. So oh, a lot of people, is. yeah, a lot of people thought that uh, you know Justice League was his last uh, run, but no, he is uh, he's coming back for um, for Flashpoint. So. Because I thought I heard a rumor that Christian Bale might be back as well, but that was probably just a rumor. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but that wouldn't okay. surprise. But I honestly think it's going to be a really like short cameo for 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 these. Um, oh yeah, coming back. Probably. And yeah. they're going to probably establish which is why Affleck probably agreed to do it. Exactly. Yep. And I think they're going to establish which of the Batman we're going to be seeing going forward because of the whole multiverse going on. So. Well, I really, I'm always hoping that. Michael Keaton doing this is going to lead to a uh, like an old um, Batman movie, you know, starring Michael Keaton, you know, as Batman at his age, which which they do <laughs> yeah. have for that. Yeah. Why not? I mean, he's the main villain, one of the main villains in Spider-Man. Why couldn't he lead a, you know, a DC film as Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. and they did that. I think I would draw so much money. I I think so yeah. too. I mean, even bring back Tim Burton, like, oh, dude, I yeah, think that'd be awesome. That'd be gold right there, yeah. And you, know, and you know, like DC is so screwed up anyways as it is, and like nothing really matters anyways. If you have 18 different Batman, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, it's definitely not cohesive. Yeah. Well, I think that's the whole point of Flashpoint is to probably kind of tie all the stuff in together. Yes. Yeah, make all the different Batman make sense. Yeah. Right. Yes. And to, and to also get rid of the characters who are no longer going to be sticking around in the going DC. Going forward, universe. yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so 
That being said, Robert Pattinson will probably have an appearance in that kind of. Okay. I imagine it's possible, but you know, it's a completely different universe. So, um, in the Aquaman movie, just cast is Pilau Azbek. He played Euron Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. He's going okay. to be, um, yeah, and of course, this is the Aquaman sequel with Jason Momoa. Uh, unclear what role he will play, um, but uh, he plays a great bad guy, so <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he was cast as the bad guy. I'd like to see Black Mantha back, too, because that's just one of the coolest villains, one of the coolest uh, um, costumes that I've seen is the Black Mantha costume. Um uh, and Disney has set a massive movie licensing pack with Sony Pictures um, that promises to bring Spider-Man and other Marvel properties to Disney Plus, starting with Sony's 2022 release slate. So that will be all the Spider-Man movies going forward, including um, Spider-Man No Way Home, which is the upcoming third of Spider-Man. Um, Alfred Molina was just interviewed they're actually going to de-age him 17 years to match the moment he died in spider-man 2 that's very interesting he's now 67 so i wish someone would do that for me (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert that that honestly ranks up there as far as i'm concerned as one of the best you know superhero films of all time spider-man, Spider-Man 2, 2? Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely absolutely i mean yeah. it's no spider-man 3 but i'll, I'll give you that one of the lowest guys <laughs> spider-man into the spider-verse has three directors my gosh too many cooks in the kitchen guys uh joaquin <laughs> dos santos justin k thompson and the one night miami director um will be uh will be uh, directing this animated sequel of the very uh, highly acclaimed Spider-Man film. Um, so I'm curious how everything will kind of work out with all of them, you know, with Kemp Powers. That's the One Night in Miami director. Again, uh, Joaquin Dos Santos and Justin K. Thompson. Um, yeah, they did a fantastic job with that film. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see how that goes. Um, Black Panther 2 um, has uh, is going to start production very soon. Ryan Coogler actually confirmed that. And he said, even though he opposes the Georgia voting laws, he still is going to shoot in the state of Georgia. Um, of course, there have been several films that took a political stance and refused to shoot in the Peach State. But... Um, he said, for, those, for reasons I will not be engaging in a boycott of Georgia, what I will be doing is using my voice to emphasize the effects of SB202, its shameful roots in Jim Crow, and doing all I can to support <laughs> organizations fighting voter suppression here and in the states. Okay. SB202, is that the, the law? That's the, that's the I measure, I think, that changes. Okay. You. There you we go. We always go shoot in the expensive um, um, L.A., you could shoot in the expensive city of Los Angeles. I think you could also go to Oklahoma. Oklahoma, as we learned from Skip, is apparently yep. very cheap. So yes, <laughs> there you go. Don't a lot of studios get tax breaks up uh, up in Vancouver? They do outside of yeah, in Canada yeah. they do yeah. That's why every CW show shoots in uh, Vancouver because yeah. those amazing tax breaks. So 
I know, Chachi, you're looking forward to Kristen Wiig and Annie Momolo's um, uh, Disney film about Cinderella's evil stepsisters. Um, this is from the creative minds behind Bridesmaids. So it's interesting because we didn't really get to know about the evil stepsisters who didn't get their happily ever after. I've been so, wondering that all these years. You've been wondering, right? So oh, now yeah. I just wanted to know what happened to a bunch of real nasty women and how they turned (laughs) out. Right. They they essentially forced, you know, Cinderella into into servitude. Yeah, I'd like to see how they how they create sympathetic characters out of her. (laughs) Out of them. They they might have a redemption arc. Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess um, Cinderella only had like she's the only one in that whole town that had that shoe size. Yeah, apparently. Well, you Only know, one. it's weird to have a quarter size. It's probably what it was, like seven and a quarter. Oh, and yeah. that's why the original one, like, you know, the sisters had to cut their toes off and stuff to fit in there. <laughs> well, now, I could be wrong, but but they made some Cinderella um, direct-to-video movies. Um, right. You know, 50 years after the fact. And Are you talking I about believe, Born or what? Which were never, never good. I believe in one of them that she actually saw, like, the purpose of the movie, like, the plot was for her to find husbands for the stepsisters. Oh, right. Ah, okay. Ah. Yeah, so. Okay, I did not know that. But, Borrowing uh, a bit from Taming of the Shrew, but sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> I, guess it, I guess it didn't work out for them. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones I'm 5? I'm happy Disney needs more money, you know, so I'm glad exactly. they're taking these lesser known characters and making way more money off of them now. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones 5 has just cast Mads Mikkelsen opposite Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge in the latest installment of the popular franchise. Um, James Magold will be taking over duties from Steven Spielberg, who directed the first four Indiana Jones films, but Spielberg is going to be involved with the making as a producer. Mads Mikkelsen should play Indiana Jones' high school son. <laughs> Come on, he's now. a little Come too on. old now. Do you think he's still <laughs> old to, to be the son of? Oh, high school. So that's the joke. Oh, oh, got it. oh okay. there's the joke, and watch serious. it go right all over next time. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you you know the problem, Joe, is that we only keep our eyes out for good jokes, and that that's, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Oh, you do, don't, don't fuck up this Indiana Jones. I mean, the last one was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say it's like the beloved franchise that had you know the three film franchise, and then there's this other one. With Shia LaBeouf, right? Well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I mean, now that you pulled Spielberg out of the director's seat, maybe that'll help. So, okay, <laughs> maybe so. And he's they, one of those guys just... who, who's gotten too old to drive, but we keep letting him do it. So, oh, okay, we need, That's to, a good we need to take him out of the Indiana Jones driver's seat. But, but you know, um, you know, Disney just end the franchise with this movie when it comes out. That that it end with Harrison Ford. We don't need. Everything to go on forever, which and they don't know, need Disney to reboot this one either. They don't need to reboot it, nothing like that. No. Uh, you know, like he said, he doesn't know. want anyone else playing Indy Jones. That's what Harrison Ford said. Yeah. He said, like, like, we don't need Indiana Jones, like, as like a you know, black Korean with one leg hopping around or whatever. A black like, Korean, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what Disney would do. Like, you know, just end it, you know, end it with a great story. You know, we want it to be Harrison Ford, you know, like, we don't need Mutt Lang or anybody else. Oh, be you know we don't need it you know like yeah like he was annoying in the last movie but but the whole the whole scene with the um, atomic bomb was actually taken <laughs> from the 
it was taken from the first draft of Back to the Future, actually. A lot of oh, that, cool. um, a lot of that scene with um, hiding the refrigerator and stuff, and the, refri- the refrigerator is going to be one of the original um, time travel um, vessels in the first Back to the Future. Okay. But they didn't want people, kids, getting in there and like suffocating, you know, trying mm. to like travel back in time. So that's why they scrapped that okay. and then ended up going with a DeLorean. Interesting trivia. I did not know that. Has anyone heard of Rock'em Sock'em, a tabletop game? Oh, yeah. I'd love to see how they're going to shoehorn a story into that. Yes, a live-action movie starring... <laughs> Actually, I Vincent. thought they already did that. Didn't they make a movie about, like, with, with uh, what's his name, Hugh Jackman? Yeah, yeah. Fucking fighting robots? I thought that was Rock'em Sock'em, the movie, essentially. They did do, so this yeah. will be the second uh, iteration of it, because uh, this was starring Vin Diesel. The Fast of course it Furious. is. Of course it is. Um, <laughs> So uh, Mattel uh, will be actually producing it. The, I can't wait. The toy for company that produces movies. It was real, real steel. It was called that movie. That's the one, real steel. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't a bad movie at all. It was 2011. Okay. But this is part of the thing where you don't need to make everything into a movie. Every every piece of property you own doesn't need to become a movie. Like, like you yes. said, they were, they were making Uno. a uh, Uno, making a movie Uno, off of Uno, like crime heist movie. Yeah, but wait, who is the one who's producing it and also starring in it? It's one of the new music guys that I, I'm not familiar with. Is it like Little Yachty or something? I believe so. I, can, I, I can't recollect right now, but yeah, you're right. I mean, There's it's just like one of those guys who's like, I hear the name. I'm like, well, that's funny because, I mean, I guess we had some pretty funny sounding artists when we were growing up. But yeah. I mean, like, I like, like, like Prince or whatever, but still. Like it Little was a- Yachty playing Uno, the bank heist guy who has to right. reversal and then. Make sure you skip a turn. I don't know what the hell they're yeah, going to do. Yeah, I don't know how I they're going to handle that one. I'm I curious. mean, Prince was little, but he didn't call himself Little Prince. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know what? You, you know what, though, Art? Uh, Clue is one of the greatest films ever made. So, uh, so. That is one of the very few, but the story's already baked in. It's a murder exactly. mystery to right. begin with. And they yeah. also knew what they were doing, which was it was fucking ridiculous. And they got an amazing cast to lean into the fact right. that it was ridiculous. If you had the and same sort of mentality to make Monopoly, it would be a brilliant fucking movie. But <laughs> instead, you're going to have a bunch of asinine people try to figure out how to shoehorn stories into these properties. Yeah, yeah. we don't yep. need a movie based on shoots and ladders. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or Candyland or any of that stuff. It, it, it will probably come, guys. <laughs> Pursuit, the film. <laughs> it's like a nice, and if Warner Brothers does it, you know it'll be a dark, hard-edged, dystopic future where you have to play this life-size version of Trivial Pursuit or you die, you know, every time My you answer God. a question. Yeah. But how do you do one <laughs> off of Uno? I, I, can't, I can't imagine what the premise could be. Again, I don't know. Skip a turn, reversal, I have no fucking clue. Yeah. Draw four. Tell me, tell me if you can't pictured this already fireball island starring oh. rock dude starring that rock dude fireball island is the best parts <laughs> of like indiana jones and <laughs> and fucking jumanji oh, i love Lee that game Johnson. i totally forgot about that game thank you for reminding me <laughs> yeah, that be, right it, that's a good, good game to do it, it. <laughs> awesome 1986 game yep that's a so good game cool i can't believe i forgot all about that <laughs> uh let's that's see why i'm here <laughs> Sandra Bullock has an action adventure comedy called The Lost City of D, and this is the movie she's doing with um, Channing Tatum. Um, and uh, Brad Pitt is uh, going to cameo in this film, so just announce. Um, 
you can't just two handsome guys in one movie. That's too much. That's too much handsome, right? Yeah, too much handsome in one that's, movie. It's like, the, it's like the panel right here. That's just the overload of handsome. What's this called? The, right. the Lost City of Dick? Is that what you said? Yeah, Lost City of D. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love some Daisy Ridley. Ray Skywalker herself will be uh, in a movie called The Marsh King's Daughter, a psychological thriller from STX Films. Um, it's set to begin production in June based on a novel, um, basically, uh, stars Ridley as Helena who harbors a dark secret. Her father is the infamous Marsh King, the moniker appointed after he kept Helena and her mother captive in the wilderness for years. Hey, when that happens. If I have my choice between shoots and ladders and the Marsh King's daughter, I think I'm taking shoots and ladders. Shoots and ladders. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, I don't know why Downton Abbey is getting a sequel movie, but it's support. Apparently, it's popular enough that it garners a sequel, but I don't really care about it. But yes, uh, we're getting a sequel movie of Downton Abbey too. So yeah, well, Look- the biggest thing I have to say about that is I thought it was Downtown Abbey for the first like five years I've heard of right? it. It's only like, <laughs> I'm like Downton. I'm like, what the hell is Downton? Like, I'm like, I'm like, idiot. like, oh, I don't want to see that stupid Downtown Abbey movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're right i actually thought it was too i thought they misspelled it It was a typo right. <laughs> completely it was, it was damn brits <laughs> uh paul thomas anderson's upcoming untitled film is going to come out in 2021 um stars bradley cooper and uh philip seymour hoffman's son cooper hoffman so um it's a coming of oh, age wow. story set in the 70s where uh bradley Cooper plays a film director, director, and Hoffman portrays a child actor. I bet he's coming. Probably so. Okay. Probably so. I get to say he's like seventies director, and he's got to be scummy. Like right. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, Paul Anderson uh, did uh, direct Boogie Nights, so there's definitely some okay. scumbags in that. Um, and Antoine Fuqua is going to do a film adaptation of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Interesting. <laughs> That should be interesting. Um, as the Training Day and Magnificent Seven director um, will join forces with Stephen Bird and Aaliyah Jones Harvey, the producers of this film, for a revival of a very popular all African American production on Broadway. So um, we do have some biopics of famous musicians. Boy George uh, biopic, <laughs> Karma Chameleon. <laughs> Can you believe they're making? <laughs> they're looking for the young. They're looking for the young actor to play Boy George. I mean, Sophie, Sophie Turner said she would love to play. She, she would love to play him, but I don't think they're gonna go. They're she's gonna play Boy George. Sophie Turner, like Sansa Stark. Dude, I can totally see it. They have the exact same nose. Facial feature on, nose, right? I don't want to feel like I, I want to bang Boy George now. <laughs> you know, come on. I know, like, right? Well, it's probably going to be have a kick-ass soundtrack um, from red, golden, green colors, and like. <laughs> Another biopic is called "Shout It Out Loud," uh, the Kiss biopic. Um, so they're doing <laughs> pretty much. Here's Weir's biopic. <laughs> right? Shout it out loud. He's playing James Simmons. Um, um, Justin nope. Bieber. No, I'm casting yet. They're just. Do you in- think they'll include the uh, the era of time when he had that gnarly sex tape? 
with it, Bubba the Love Sponge, or was that <laughs> Hogan? I keep forgetting that's, who did that's what. Hogan. Not Gene Simmons. Okay, but Gene Simmons did have a sex tape. So yeah. okay, I had to confuse did. them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought it was somebody else's wife. That's the thing. Is like oh, I always okay. thought it was somebody else's wife, and I know Hulk Hogan banged his Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, so I thought it might have been Kiss. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's just wild, man. Love Sponge is just handing it out, so. Yeah, well, and, when you're good friends, you know, that's, that's the most honorable thing you can do is let them bang your wife. That's true. Can't wait till I get to my 50s and try that shit. <laughs> and I don't get this. Pete Davidson, I feel like he's really overrated. But anyways, he's going to play Joey Ramone in the I Slept With Joey Ramone biopic um, that's going to be on Netflix. So, wow. So every 70s and 80s uh, band is getting a biopic, apparently. But yes, Ramone. biopics, but... There's always always those rumors and stuff and like urban legends about these celebrities selling their soul to the devil and stuff. And I think he actually did, Pete Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> just, just all the women he has banged and stuff, like Kate Beckinsale, come, Ariana Grande, I, Margaret Qualley. I never yeah. thought I would hear Al say something negative about a celebrity. Did right. Did, did he turn it down for a selfie or something? Or yeah, <laughs> just like, man, fuck off, man. I'm not taking a picture. That's a good one, but I really do think he's a little overrated uh, as an actor. I, I really do. Um, yeah, I kind of don't get it. Like he does some things that are pretty fun. I mean, like his Eminem impression is always pretty solid, but that's pretty it much- is. <laughs> he's he's good at Saturday Night Live and his comedy skits and his sketch yeah, comedy, but now now he wants to be a serious actor, so. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see how that turns. Or I know you're. Maybe it'll surprise us. Maybe, maybe. But that I will doubt. be on Netflix. Um, so Netflix, of course, is producing straight to Netflix movies. One is Artie's favorite, Carrie Mulligan. You She's will not good. believe Carrie's next film art. You're gonna like think what the fuck. She's gonna star along Adam Sandler in a movie called Spaceman. I'm oh, shocked no. actually. Um, and this you know is, what? This, Holler for the dollar, man. You got to do what you got to do for that money, man. <laughs> I guess so. I but, think one uh, of Adam Sandler's kind of like serious uh, movies, like the. Um, if it's on Netflix, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. So this is a first for Adam Sandler. It's a sci-fi. Adam oh. Sandler's doing a sci-fi. It's got to be corny. Um, and it's uh, originally titled "The Spaceman from Bohemia." <laughs> Sandler stars as an astronaut sent to the edges of the galaxy. To collect an ancient, mysterious dust, but as life on Earth begins to crumble, he turns into turns to a creature from the beginning of time that is lurking aboard his ship to help save humanity. And Mulligan will play Sandler's wife. Of course, Adam Sandler has Mulligan as his wife. It completes can, sense. Eh. Can we all just agree it's been all downhill since the Water Boy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uncut I, gems. I, I didn't enjoy uncut, uncut gems, but. But yeah, yeah, I haven't I seen have not Gems yet. I do yeah. want to see that one. <laughs> um, let's see. Daniel Kaluuya has a movie, a sci-fi movie called The Upper World, which will be on Netflix. Um, and uh, Kaluuya is also going to produce the project. Uh, basically, a man caught in a deadly feud who realizes has an unexpected gift, access to a world where he can see glimpses of the past and the future. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and like, mm. like I'm this movie, like they're trying to save humanity. Like, what's it with everybody trying to save humanity? I mean, it's, it's enough of that. You know? Yeah. Have, have you seen us? Like, have you seen all of us? Like, why do you want to save us? Oh no, we just need the reset button pressed, all man. You know, just do. fucking dial it back and let's just start over. 
Have you seen yeah. 2020 and 2021? Yeah, every day I start thinking, like, okay, maybe um, Thanos wasn't so wrong. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he had some good points, you know? Yes. He did, he, yes. Well, that's look, what, that's what look, a well-made bad guy is like. You get where they're coming from. Right. Ultron looked at the internet for one minute and determined <laughs> that all of humanity had to die. Yeah. That That's all you have to know. That's all I needed. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? Yeah, if aliens yeah. were to look down at us and see and judge <laughs> just by the signals that are spreading over, they would make some really harsh determinations just by looking at our internet. Yeah, they've read the comic sections on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Snoop Dogg and Jamie Foxx are team, teaming up for a vampire hunter film called Day Shift. Wow, Snoop Dogg in a vampire movie? I'm down. What? I'm in. I'm 100% in. <laughs> Give me I anything do. Snoop Dogg. He plays himself every single goddamn time, and it's a fucking treasure. He'll be great in it, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, Dakota Johnson. Oh, I love some Dakota Johnson. Uh, she's going to star in a movie called Persuasion, based on a novel by Jane Austen, and it's going to be on Netflix. That so, sounds like a snore job. You know that she came from um, Don Johnson's Falls? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I heard stories about that, that she yeah. was taking up residence in there when, um, you know, before she was around. Yeah. She did, and, she, uh, she did years ago. Yes. And Melanie Griffith's uh, ovaries. Ah, yes. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is a nice place to be. Well, does this sound like a snooze fest? Basically, the log line <laughs> is living with her snobby family. Yes. On the brink of bankruptcy. Yes. And yes. It's, <laughs> and an unconf- unconforming woman with modern sensibilities. Yes. With different titles and characters. It's yes. all it is. It's the yes. same shit. Over and all over. you had to say was Jane Austen. You <laughs> heard that synopsis and, be, and we're like, yes, uh, we think this movie. This is going to be a winner. Oh, man. And Netflix has a couple um, animated series. Uh, Wings of Fire by Ava DuVernay based on the best-selling children's book series. So that's coming out soon. Hopefully that goes better for her than, uh, what was the other one, Wrinkle in Time that just came out? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so good, right? Yeah, there's something wrong with children's book properties. You know, they're hit and miss. Yeah. Cancelvania, however, will be ending after four seasons. Yeah. Holy don't, shit, that's been on for four seasons? Four don't seasons. Let Captain Marvel, don't let Captain Marvel hear that you said that you don't like that movie. She'll, she'll tear you apart. <laughs> Brie yeah. Larson. Yeah. <laughs> she def- definitely has an agenda, that's for that's sure. One of the ones that she got pissed about. It's an interesting one. A-, a series called Florida Man. All right. Yes. We all know about Florida Man. Yeah, all the yes. news stories. Yep. All the news stories. So this is on Netflix, an eight-episode series in the same vein as Body Heat and Elmore Leonard's Out of Sight. Uh, okay, revolves around a struggling ex-cop who was forced to return to florida his home state to find a philly mobsters runaway girlfriend okay um and i don't know how that ties into the quote-unquote florida man that we all crack up about but uh i'm sure they're gonna have something there um i just want to chime in real quick and this is a complete uh plug for something i have nothing to do with but there's a documentary on vimeo you can watch 100 percent for free from this guy named sean dunn uh, that's D-U-N-N-E, called Florida Man. It is so wonderfully weird and just utterly captivating. Watch okay. that shit. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. From from your title, um, that movie, I was hoping it was going to be a documentary about 
different Florida man cases, like you know. Um, oh news, yeah, no, no, no news no, stories. Not different cases, just different dudes in Florida who, I, wow, you can't even get your head around it. All right, nope. yeah, good. Yep, they say you can just simply type in Florida man and your birthday, and then something will pop up. <laughs> Ooh, that's Dude. a fun game we should play on our oh, show. Oh yeah, Joe, absolutely. It's yeah. time crazy, for right? Florida man five it's minutes. A, yeah, it's a big state, you know. It's a big state. A lot of a lot of scumbags. <laughs> a big state. It's a big state with a lot of weird areas in it. So yeah. yeah. Well, talk about somebody that actually escaped getting canceled is Aziz Ansari. As you know, he had that Me Too movement. That, uh, that was the most ridiculous um, wannabe Me Too story that there was. Like, like yes. she got pissed off. Didn't he like? Like she was like, he ordered me red wine, but I really like white wine. Mm-hmm. And like that was one of her gripes on their date. Well, and then, he and he, he felt, tried to pay for dinner quickly because he wanted to take me home and have sex with me. I'm like, okay, well, you're on a date, and then like, <laughs> it, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Well, she felt that he was overly aggressive, pressured into sex, and I think was going going with the flow, and then just kind of changed her mind. Well, she said stop, and he stopped, and that was it. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but I guess they they forgiven him because he's getting a third season <laughs> of Master of None. Right. Um, and uh, apparently, um, yeah, after five years, uh, four years, uh, rather, 2017 was season two. So that's a that's quite a a time jump, <laughs> you know, for of course, because of being canceled, had to halt production. So um, I guess I guess there's a way to get uncanceled uh, from previous being canceled. But <laughs> yeah, well, when people use their heads and be like, okay, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't cancel a guy who went on a date and, and they stopped having sex when they, when they said no. They said no. <laughs> like, he stopped. That's he tried to pay the bill real quickly because he wanted to take me home and have sex with me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're on a date. And, and you're dating a guy who you knew was famous and rich. I mean, have you seen him? It's not like a kind of guy. It's not like Brad Pitt or whatever that you <laughs> was throw yourself at. You knew that he was famous and rich already. Yeah, and. It, 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 it's not like Har- Harvey Weinstein, who <laughs> the story still blows my mind yeah. that, that that, yes. that yes. pig would have women watch him take a shower. Like, oh. like who in their right mind would oh. want to see that? No. I mean, wow. You said a different S word. I didn't know what you're going to say because there was just that slight <laughs> rectum. Like, he liked women to watch him take a sh and my brain. How <laughs> 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 did that too, to be honest with you? I mean, which one would be worse, honestly? Well, was he the one who jerked off in the flower pots, or was that Louis yeah, C.K.? That was him. That was him. Okay. No, 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 that was him. He jerked off in the oh, flower well, pots. They, they, both, they both were jerk-offs. They, well, they Louis C.K. just jerked off, and I think right. in dressing rooms or whatever, and then he was jerking off in flower pots, yeah. Right. There you go. That's the difference. The flower pot was the, the big difference. The flower pot was the difference, yeah. The flower <laughs> pot did nothing to anybody, you know? <laughs> All right, moving on to Disney+. Plus. Um <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about this one because basically Ryan Johnson said he would be dying to do an episode of The Mandalorian. As you know, he had one oh. of the most polarizing um, films in the Star Wars franchise, and that's The Last Jedi. Um, but apparently scheduling, you know, he wasn't able to, to jump on board for the second season. But apparently he's, they're trying to get him to come back for the third season for an episode. Why? Exactly why. <laughs> why? Well, the thing is, is that Ryan won't be writing. Oh, if, that's yeah. a, if he's only directing, I'm okay with it. 
Yeah, because he'd write, like, he'd have the Mandalorian, like, take off his helmet, start pissing in it, you know, he would have, like, <laughs> like, 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 he would right. have, like, um, you know, baby, baby Yoda die. Well, you know, let, like... let's, let's be honest here. It's not like you got Lars von Trier directing it, but I'm sure <laughs> that, you know, Ryan Johnson would just undo a lot of shit that has already happened. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, One thing you probably would never hear in his episode is people saying, this is the way. (laughs) He would say, we're putting a board up on that. We're not going to do it. We're going to say, that's how we do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's still doing the trilogy. He's still doing an upcoming trilogy in the Star Wars universe. So we will see how that goes. No no one in this world is loyal, but why are they all loyal to these people that everybody hates? You know, like... (laughs) If it didn't work, well, you know, why go back to the well, right? I think it all comes down to you just got to look at the underlying factor, which is the dollar signs. So critical and public opinion mattered nothing compared to a bank book. So if the guy is is reviled, but he's bringing in shit tons of cash, they don't care because money talks Basically. All that other shit walks. Yeah, but, but how much cash could he bring in just being a director for an episode? It's not like people are going to be like, you know, I didn't watch the rest of well, the no, um, Mandalorian series, but I watched his episode. No, that's about keeping him happy. That's what it is. Yeah. If he sits there and says, I want to do this, they're like, well, fuck. All right, Ryan wants to do that. I guess we got to let him do it. You know? <laughs> Trust me. I don't think anybody's clamoring to have the guy who fucked up Star Wars to come and shoot an episode of Mandalorian. But if it's right. going to keep him from going to Sony or whatever, they're going to do it. I mean, he's already going to Netflix with the uh, the massive Knives Out, Knives out tri- yeah, uh, trilogy. trilogy so. right? I'll stick with Knives Out Wait, because guy. he'll need to get involved in anything else. Uh, yeah, Knives Out. That's his that's his baby. Yeah, just yeah. let him hang out with that. Yeah, let him with that. We're fine. Wait, the guy who fucked up Star Wars. I I thought we <laughs> were talking about what's his name, Ryan Johnson, not George Lucas. <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> that's true. George Lucas <laughs> stepped in his own his own pile. Yeah. Uh, George Lucas loves Ryan Johnson because I can all the heat off of him. <laughs> My goodness. Um, anyone watch episode five of Falcon and Winter Soldier? We're almost at the end, guys. Only a six episode series. We saw um some amazing appearances like Julia Louis Dreyfus, Aviv, and, and Seinfeld. Uh, was she a president in that episode too? She wasn't a president. She played a very interesting uh, character that I'm really not familiar with her backstory. But I'm sure Mike the General Zod, our comic book aficionado expert, will know exactly which yeah. character she's portraying. But basically, she tells the unpopular, sadistic Captain America, John to pay attention to his phone when she calls because it'll be very, very important. So I don't really know um, what her character entails, but I guess we're going to find out more in uh, the finale already. My gosh, season um, season one of this Falcon and Winter Soldier is already wrapping up this Friday. So that's the um, I mean, the final episode. So I'm still in episode four because I was away. Is it, has, it been, has it been good? Like I haven't really been into it. Well, you know, um, depends. Did anybody die? That was really important. Episode four had that really big WTF moment at the end. Okay. So when I mentioned that, are you talking about the moment with the shield? The moment with the shield. Okay, yeah. Um, I guess it would be a little spoiler if you haven't seen it, Chachi. But when I say sadistic, this new Captain America is a little bit on the sadistic side. Okay. Let's okay. just say. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed WandaVision, but I haven't been getting into um this series. Really? Oh, okay. 
Well, can, I, gonna... can I bitch for a second? Yes, please. So That's I'm not going to spoil that moment. I'm not going to spoil that. But one thing, I just have a gripe with Disney Plus that, yeah. look, I'm not a fuddy-duddy when it comes to violence or sex or whatever, but I, I have a problem with a double standard. And by all accounts, I have not watched that that show, but from what I heard from people describing it to me, okay. that that episode four of that of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier veered dangerously close to the Marvel shows that were on Netflix in the level of violence. So it's okay for them to have this really crazy violence, yet they're going to blurt out or, or blur out or censor the one word fuck from a Oscar-winning documentary, which is Free Solo. Yeah. So it's okay to have people getting murdered Legend. violently, but we can't hear the word fuck? What's going on? Where Where's your, where your parameters here, Disney? What is, what's going on? Yeah. I, I just don't get, get it. it. But, I don't get but, it either. Very good point. Joe, but let me ask you, Joe, as somebody with a kid, what would you be more upset? Having your son see a movie where a guy just says, oh, fuck, really quickly because he's almost falling or watching somebody get murdered no, no, no. violently. I, I completely agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. But it's not just Disney. It's like everybody's doing that. Look at Walking Dead. Walking Dead, I think. Um, You're right. Walking Dead's a good the example. season it was where Abraham was introduced and he met Rick for the first time and they were being held hostage by the cannibals and, oh the, 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 the and Rick's people, line yeah. it's like they don't know who they're screwing with when it was supposed to be they don't know who they're now with, but they took that true. line out you now know? That, that's but, a different thing though what i can say why they did that because i looked into this after one after fx uh and because also they did they dropped the f-bomb a couple times on breaking bad and they just they just dropped it out and now, AMC is basic cable, just like FX is. But I was watching American Horror Story, and I forget what season it was, but all of a sudden they start saying fuck. And I was like, whoa, what did I just miss? And I found <laughs> out that they air it that way, and it's all about the show and their relationship with the advertisers. If the advertisers really? are comfortable with it, they will give them carte blanche to say, do whatever you want. So American Horror Story, after I think it was season seven, they're just like, we're using fuck as much as we want, and they have not looked back. <laughs> so, so what it you're is, saying is, is, is that the mind blowing, but AMC, I think they're still a little bit cagey with their um, with their advertisers, and they're afraid to go that route. But they totally. Uh, but it's so, all about advertisers. There's no there's no sanction with F FCC about that. So the advertisers for AMC for The Walking Dead are perfectly fine with people being ripped limb from limb. But, but not, not saying fuck exactly. Right. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't get the logic either. Now that's also, that, that's just kowtowing to an outside source. But with Disney Plus, it's like here, let's just bash somebody to fucking death. But at the same time, don't you dare say fuck. I want to know if they still have Bart Simpson's penis in the Simpsons movie. That's what I want to know. Oh wow, that's a good. You were they, to watch were they the um, blurred out Daryl Hannah's ass and um. Splash. I know. They actually that. Yeah. They splashed right. her hair down and splash. And yeah, yeah. They um, made her hair longer. Yeah. I I don't understand. I don't get it. Anyway, sorry. That was it's my, my non-sequitur. It's a little butt. My God. It just, anyways, well, we're going to find out what's in the magic briefcase on Falcon Winter Soldier, as you know. Marcellus Wallace's soul. Well, Falcon's, <laughs> Falcon's original suit and wings got destroyed. 
But you kind he kind of opened up the case, and they had that glow like in Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. when Sam Jackson opens up that briefcase. Had See that same that had that same feel to it. So expect yeah. that to be the brand new Captain America suit. I bet um, it's Gold Members member. Gold Members <laughs> member. <laughs> could be. Could be. Boss laundry. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, two really uh, renowned British actresses. Um, gonna going to be joining a marvel franchise secret invasion so this is a series that's going to be on disney plus as well amelia clark that's right daenerys targaryen herself will be joining mcu in secret invasion um also sam jackson ben Mendelssohn, and also just announced olivia coleman from the crown wow my gosh, every major, I mean, those two right there, I mean, that that's fantastic. Um, of course, Sam Jackson's amazing, too. But yeah, Olivia Coleman, this is, is you know. British? Well, Sam Jackson's not British, but yeah. But, but Olivia Coleman, oh, I mean. She's British she as po- fuck. What are you talking about? <laughs> she played Queen Elizabeth and uh, in The Crown, and now she's going to be uh, in the Marvel Universe. So I think yeah, that's pretty she- cool. But you know what? <laughs> Julie Andrews was the voice of the monster in Aquaman, and Helen Mirren is playing the villain in the Oh, Shazam yeah. Up- upcoming so, Shazam sequel, yes. So the older British actresses are greater than the younger British actresses. Ah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. That's and the so, big... therefore, DC over Marvel. In, in that, in that <laughs> respect, maybe so, yes. <laughs> Uh, John Stamos has a, a series on Disney Plus called Big Shot, um, and they actually had a drive-in premiere, which included 150 cars, um, racks of basketballs, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's basically John Stamos who plays a coach, um, a college basketball coach who finds himself coaching from from previously college basketball NCAA level to all girls high school basketball so it's that's kind of the the transition from college level to private all girls high school basketball so um something to check out if you're a fan of stamos um i probably won't be checking that one out (laughs) um uh over on hbo game of thrones um apparently we have a couple more (laughs) spinoffs that were just announced of course we are getting House of the Dragon, Tales of Dunkin' Egg. They just announced two more spinoffs. Um, 10,000 Ships. So basically, uh, this 10,000 Ships um, is um, about the legendary war queen who married Lord Moore's Martell, who ruled over Dorne for two decades. Um Chachi, you mentioned, I think, that the, why are they doing all these spinoffs? They, they should just master the one spinoff they're working on, which is Half the Dragon. Yes. They're really spe- spreading themselves too thin. Uh, I think they're all... walking, deading, walking deading it. They're walking deading it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, 10,000 Ships is one. Um, Nine Voyages, another spinoff, would have yeah. a direct tie-in to the House of the Dragon. Uh, would follow Steve Tressant's character, Lord Corliss Valerian. The sneeze, the sea snake, um, and apparently this project has already been greenlit. Um, and there, of course, there's also an animated series that's uh, in the works that we mentioned already. See, they're still pretending the final season was good. 
That's the way they're acting right now. Like, oh, everybody right. loves us. Let's make ten more series. Well, you maybe know? they're realizing that they can't go forward, so they're like, fuck, let's go backwards. We can't mess that up, right? Because we all know how that's going to turn out. Yeah. And the next spinoff is called Flea Bottom. Jesus Christ, another that spinoff. Means, really? Now, this will be a, a gritty glimpse of the lives of the everyday citizens. Well, wait, how many that. how many shows is this Sleep for on. this particular p- franchise? This is almost okay. like Disney Plus doing like 13 different Star Wars shows. Okay. Yeah, yeah. House of the Dragon, one. Okay. Tales of Dunkin' Egg, two. 10,000 Ships, three. Nine Voyages, four. Flea Bottom, five. And the animated series, six. Are you kidding me? Spinoff wow. series. So... So they they rushed the final season and only did half a season when it should have been two seasons. Correct. I agree and, with that. And now they're doing six additional shows. Six additional shows, five live they, action, one animated. What a show. bunch of assholes. <laughs> you know, like they they could have did um Daenerys and have a whole another um you know season with her being a heel. Yeah. You know, yeah. which which would have made sense and not just have her turn heel and that's then she's the rest, dead. That's the wrestling term ten heel. Later, yeah. <laughs> I yep. agree because that yeah. that that came out of nowhere, Chachi. She turned heel, like 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 a WWE script. You have to have that development of of gradual, um, you know, so events like, that cool concept. If she had a whole entire season being being a heel, then maybe some redemption at the very end of that no, I just, final season. I want to see a show where it's all about Ser Jorah and his path to getting friend zoned for decades. <laughs> <laughs> There were signs from the very beginning that she was turning like her old man, like, you know, when she had all the um, all the slave traders crucified, regardless of whether or not they were actually involved with the death of like children and such. But but no, I completely agree with Chachi that I mean, it's like it's it's, you know, that could have been its own season right there. It is unforgivable Mm-hmm. That one of the biggest plot lines in the books, the whole thought about Jon Snow being the the heir to um, the the character of Azor Ahai, you know, is completely just Azor Ahai forgot. Yes, yeah. is completely forgotten about in the TV show, and it said they have Arya kill. The Night King. It, 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 it's so stupid. Like, <laughs> like, we can go I, on I, and I on. I feel like the steam yeah. coming out of my ears right now. Talking about we it. can talk on oh, and yeah. on. About <laughs> sometimes sometimes you don't need a swerve. You can just, you can just like, you know, do stuff that's cool that people expect, but, you know, you don't need everything to be different from people expect. Like having, um, what's the little bastard who became the king at the end? Like, Brand. Brand. Who yeah. has a better story Brand than Brand the Broken? Right. <laughs> At least like one person in the whole the whole franchise. And the last oh, uh, Brand the Broken. Brand yeah. the Broken. That's a strong and, name for a leader. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Bill the Bitch or right. you know. Dave and last Bob but not Elder. least, guys. Yeah, I'll be walking around saying like, "Not my king." Oh, <laughs> not wow. my king. <laughs> so the last thing we'll uh, mention before take voted for him. <laughs> Hashtag sad. <laughs> last thing we'll mention before uh, take a break is HBO's Last of Us, which is based on the popular PlayStation game. I'm down for that. I'm sure uh, a couple of you are gamers, right? I know Joe's Pedro a big Pascal, gamer. Pascal, man, he'll be Pedro great Pascal. Bella Ramsey, who plays the little um, 
little leader of um, in Game of Thrones. There's two Game of Thrones actors in it. Gabriel Luna, who was in Terminator Dark Fate, he played the Terminator in that film. He joins the cast of that. Um, so, yeah. Um, Art, I guess you're a, a big fan of the, the PlayStation well, game? I just finished the game, literally. I just beat it yesterday. Oh, wow. And one thing I will say, though, I get Pedro Pascal because he's kind of like a, a hot commodity now. But one thing I couldn't stop thinking when I played the game was Dylan McDermott. They must have modeled that character after Dylan McDermott because it looks just like him. Yeah, they didn't and want to cast they're him. about the same age. So why they didn't get him, I guess he's tied up with with uh, the American Horror Story stuff or whatever. But... He hasn't been a part of that franchise for a while. Same reason why they didn't cast Richard Kind. Well, he was in Hollywood, instead, wasn't he? Instead of uh, Colin Farrell. <laughs> Wait, was he not in Hollywood? He, Is this he, not like a Ryan Murphy Dylan show? McDermott was in the first uh, uh, and then the and then the the, the, the multiverse combined one. Oh, I know he one. was, but I feel like he's, he was doing like Hollywood or something with Ryan Murphy. Oh, the Hollywood series that was on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he was in the cast of that. Yeah. So anyway, I just know that I think he would have been awesome for that. But Pedro Pascal is a good choice too. So. Yeah. So that should be pretty cool on Disney Plus. So I think it's a good time to take a uh, classic cut break. So, uh, and that's uh, where we take a, a song from the archives. And Chachi, go ahead and take it away. Where my dogs at? It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. It's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut. Where, like I was saying, each and every week that I'm here on the show, I reach back into our dusty archives, dust off a nice cassette tape. And pick um, a song to honor during my classic cut. And today is no different. Um, if people know about today, which today for us is um, April um, 20, 21st. 21st, which is actually five years today that Prince passed away. Um, and I'm wearing my um, Purple Rain shirt right now. Oh, five-year um, death podcast. anniversary? Yeah, five-year already. Isn't that crazy? Five-year death anniversary. Wow. Yeah. And um, people people remember Prince actually um, passed away at his home, which is um, Paisley Park. I get to um, tour um, Paisley Park um, one of the first weekends it was open to the public. Actually, That's the first awesome. weekend it was open to the public. Um, and where he died, he died in the elevator, and that part of the house is actually um, – gone now they actually um like i guess plastered over where the elevator was so you can't even see where the elevator but i could see from old pictures um where it was after i went but this is actually a song called paisley park which um prince made back in 1985 actually was released um right after raspberry beret and right before the song pop life oh, and good songs um, right there yeah this is one that wasn't released in the u.s but um on the charts but it was released around the world, um, other places, and cracked the top 40 in each one of those, in Australia, Belgium, Netherlands, um, you know, UK. But this is his song, Paisley Park, which actually was inspiration for him building Paisley Park, which is where he lived and where he died. So rest in peace, Prince. Music icon, man. A legend. Gone too soon. We'll be back right after the classic cut. 
All right. Prince, the classic cut on Below the Belt Show, guys. Um, That's right. And that is how you make monetization possible on a podcast. <laughs> 28 seconds or less. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the TV series, apparently will cost $465 million to produce one season. Can you uh, believe that? Yeah, it could cost a fortune to make, but will it suck and have a soul is the question. And money does not buy that. It will be on Amazon Prime. Of course, that's Jeff Bezos' baby. Um, and as you know, he's got probably the deepest pockets out of anyone in the entire world. Um, so I wonder if he's actually footing the bill for this crazy show. <laughs> he can he afford saved, it. Yes, yeah, this would be pocket change to him, yeah. Yeah, and he saved the uh, the expanse because he actually was a fan of the show. Uh, apparently, uh, it was on Sci-Fi, and he saved the the, the show and brought his that show onto Amazon Prime. Hmm. Oh man, I'm really excited about the boys uh, returning for season three. Um, they do have a spinoff uh, over in Amazon. They just added Reina Hardesty to its cast, so this will be. Kind of like a young adult superhero uh, school, I guess. Um, uh, so, uh, any fans of the boys? I know Chachi is Joe of or Hardy. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard that it's exactly the sort of show I need to watch. Yes, it is. Yes, that that should be next on your queue, Artie. But uh, um, a very gory, uh, bloody. Um, sex-filled, um, very vulgar, inappropriate, vulgar-filled, yeah. inappropriate-filled, everything you love in a All superhero series. All the stuff that makes series. me very too messant, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the boy star, uh, Jack Quaid, as you know, he is, uh, Dennis Quaid's son, has been cast in another Amazon Prime project. I hope he's not leaving the boys. Um, uh, this one's called Solos. Um, uh, he's lending his voice to care, uh, to a character who will appear in one of the seven episodes. So it's a character-driven show um, with Morgan Freeman, Anne Hathaway, Helen Mirren, Uzo Aduba, Anthony Mackie, Dan Stevens, Constance Wu. Um, So it's an anthology series. Um, Seven-part anthology series explores the strange, beautiful, heartbreaking, hilarious, wondrous truths of what it means to be human. That's a little bleak, isn't it? Yeah, it's bleak, but uh, I guess no, not bleak, oblique. Oh, oblique. It doesn't really tell you what it means. It's just like, okay, what it means to be human. (laughs) (laughs) Vague, in other words. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Over on Apple TV, uh, Ted Lasso is returning for his second season. No surprise there. The trailer was just dropped for that. And um, Coda, the big Sundance Film Festival darling, will be headed to Apple TV on August 13th. This was a fantastic film. I got to check out as far as the virtual Sundance Film Festival. A great coming-of-age movie where the only hearing person in the family is the daughter, and she's kind of like a translator for her brother and her parents, who are all deaf. And the family struggles within that. Um, Very, very well-written film. I'm really excited about this as a How I Met Your Mother fan. Um, a sequel series called How I Met Your Father has been ordered at Hulu. 
Hillary Duff will be attached to star in this one. And um, it's going to star uh, Hillary playing Sophie, telling her son the story of how she met his father. Um, so, you know, instead of, yeah, so very similar plot, but now it's just the mystery father uh, that we're going to see um, on that one. I expect it, I think it, because it is a sequel series, we're probably going to see some cameos from the original cast of How I Met Your Mother as a part. I should hope so. Yeah. So I, I think we are ready to bring on our special guest. Now there we there you are. Him. All right. Hello. All right. Hello. We are welcoming, welcoming to Below the Belt Show, guys, an actor from the amazing sitcom on NBC, Young Rock, is one of my favorite sitcoms of this year. Uh, wow, it's an amazing, funny show, feel-good show. And whether you're a wrestling fan or not, I think you're going to love this show if you haven't seen it, guys. This actor plays the Iron Sheik, uh, yes. one of my favorite wrestlers. Sheiky baby. Sheiky baby, one of, us, <laughs> one of the most vocal WWE, WWF talents of all time. And it's actor Brett Azar. Is, is that the correct pronunciation? Azar. Azar. Okay. I asked my Persian friend, uh, is it Azar, Azar, or Azar? You're not wrong. In in Lebanon, it would be El Azar. Okay. And when it changed to Americanized, it's Azar. So it's it's from the A to the Z. Azar. 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 <laughs> 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 right, uh, glad to have you on the show. And because you kept the signature shikim mustache, I'm I'm guessing you're still in production, or you, did you love the look so much you're keeping the stash? Or more of a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. We finished production back in November for season oh, one. Wow. And uh, we're kind of just all in limbo waiting for season two to get that call. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to be inevitable. I think so, too. I think it's going to be inevitable. I mean, it's a fantastic show. The ratings are great. It's well written. The cast is, is amazing. Um, and it's funny. Like, I actually have loud moments, even watching this um, past week, um, where the where the young rocks walking in high school and all the coaches are catcalling him to join, <laughs> to join for their um high school football team is right. really funny jokes like and them always thinking that he's a narc in the school and like, even the principal thinks he's a narc he's so big in high school just a lot of funny running gags in that show my favorite uh not related to the sheet character my favorite moment was that whole arnold versus stallone montage that they were doing because i was yeah, like yeah. Arnold fan. Yes. So yes. I got so pissed off at DJ for being on the Stallone side of things. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I even like, I would, yeah, I impersonate Arnold all the time. So it's, yeah, you gotta oh. do something to come out and do it now, get to the chopper. I'm here to kill me. So when they that were doing awesome. the, the chopper, I was right there with him. Like, <laughs> I was like, awesome. Like, get to the chopper, come out and get to the chopper. <laughs> That is great, man. Well, Brett, tell us about your journey on, on being cast on the show. Um, tell us about uh, how you got cast and um, taking on the role of the Sheik and studying the Sheik's persona that play into your audition. It was a total miracle of a role because this was last summer. Everything shut down. I wasn't leaving my house for anything except groceries. Right. So I didn't think I was going to be working at all. I, I bought... The, the gyms in my area closed 
and some of them closed permanently. So I went to the gym and I bought whatever equipment I could, brought it back to my um, driveway. So I was working out every day at home, staying in shape, not thinking I'm ever going to have an acting job for the rest of the year. Right. And I was sitting with my girlfriend one night, uh, Linda, my fiance now, but that would have just gotten nice. me in big trouble. I'd say Linda and I were sitting together and I was like, you know, I've never shaved my head before. We're not doing anything serious in the next couple of months. Like, <laughs> I'll shave my head. So I went, shaved the head, picked it, came back to her and she goes, yeah, you're going to grow that back now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really my look because I used to have like, the, you know, the pretty boy flicked up in the front kind of hair. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and then three days later, they called me to audition um, via Zoom, via video. Nice. But I was like, wait a minute. I already shaved my head for the chic. This might be a sign. Wow. And then they called back the next week and I was, and they were, they wanted me to do the voice. So right away I'm, I'm on like all the YouTube promos of chic of, of <laughs> I'll put your back, camera clutch, I'll make your humble. Yes. Jabroni punk. Imagine what you respect. You respect my talent. So I brought that whole thing to them. And they were like, yeah. We're not looking for that. We're looking for like him on the down low, like him behind <laughs> the scenes. So like, oh, okay. Uh, out of five, not a out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I watched all like every day um that the the chic documentary that the Magan brothers did. Yes. Every day I watched that during my cardio. And so and I would just repeat great documentary. Just non-stop repeat for that whole documentary an hour every day and finally i got it down to where i was like yes papa come here papa and get the calm version of the chic come here papa chic show you yes yes papa um <laughs> and that, that what, really, what really solidified it was i reached out to the magan brothers and i told them what was going on and they were like oh no like they were all for it so they got me in contact with the chic and so i was able to run lines with Sheik and ask no him way. out. Wow. Oh, so that's awesome. I was like, you repeat this back for me. Just say this phrase. And he'd say it and I'd repeat it. And I was like, okay, that one I got. And I can get that now. And uh, But I also worked with a, a voice specialist, Carrie Saffron, who studied the Sheik the same way I did. And, and we went back and forth. But it was great to actually speak to the legend himself and uh, get it <laughs> wow. firsthand. So that Were you, you nailed the audition, and then that was it. Uh, did 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 you audition in front of uh, Dwayne himself, or no? Um, it was, it was all. It was the the third. It was the first, and then the second to make sure I could do the voice, and then the third time was just to repeat the lines in a calmer sense, <laughs> um, and that was it. And then I got. It was funny because the day they called and booked me, mm -hmm. uh, my uncle who was he lived in the same town he visited and uh i walked up to the back deck and he's like who are you the sheik and i was like who told you <laughs> and he, what are you talking about i was like who told you you and, and i thought like somebody blabbed i was like wait what you don't realize you don't know i'm auditioning to be the sheik he goes no you just you look like the sheik what the hell are you doing oh, I was like, <laughs> and then i told him i was like well i'm auditioning for this role with the rock and and Three hours later, they called and said, mm. you got it. And so I called my uncle back, and I was like, you're right. Oh, so cool. 
So were you a wrestling fan before you auditioned? Huge. Awesome. The Sheik awesome. was kind of past my time. I'd never liked them to begin with. Mm-hmm. But my my fandom started when I was young. I had the wrestling buddies. I had the Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Bret Hart, just because my name was Bret. Okay. There you go. Uh, of course. But that was when I was really little. Uh, British Bulldog I liked for some reason. Yeah, yeah. But then when I really became a hardcore fan, it was it was the Attitude Era. Yes. It was, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I when it was Generation Hulk Hogan when he had the the black um, fiberglass yeah, shadow, shadow. <laughs> um, Undertaker when he was doing the American Badass thing yeah yes. uh, Sable Sable yes yes <laughs> yeah. there's a there's a great documentary if you if you have um you know WWE Network went to um, Peacock. Um, Peacock, and they have a great documentary from a few years back where they go through the whole entire Attitude Era. It's like 20 episodes, each an hour long each, and they, they go through the whole NWO, um, DX, the whole Attitude Era um, with Sable and everybody. It's a great documentary to watch if you're super into that Attitude Era. They put, they put that on Peacock? They did. They moved them all the all the episodes over, like the um, old pay-per-views and stuff. That must uh, have been edited down to like three minutes of what they could actually air. With all the <laughs> Because Peacock probably set, is starting to censor things left and right. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, what What's that? Um, it's like uh, it's a mockumentary on something where it's a uh, it's a YouTube thing, really popular YouTube thing. It's like mockumania or or it's something. But they used a clip from Young Rock, oh. where they were, they were making fun of how much Peacock was censoring everything. Yes, oh, okay, exactly. <laughs> they use a lot of the Simpsons. I don't know if you guys know this this uh, subscription page, but um, they threw in that scene where me and Leah were like, no shit, no fuck, no jewel. Oh. <laughs> 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 to be no, and then they blurred the mouth and they put the real Sheik's voice, fucking shit, cocksucker, and, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, give me credit, throw me in, throw my name in there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Sheik since you've um started um since started broadcasting these episodes. Have you heard about your performance from him? I have. Yeah. They okay. Me, Nicole, his youngest daughter, called me after episode three. Um, the the no shit, no fucking no juicy. <laughs> And she was like, we love you. Oh, awesome. And oh, that's great. You got his blessing. Yeah, it was really special. She put him on the phone and he was he didn't know what was going on because he was like, mm-hmm. wait, who? You, no, I'm chic. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but then she called back. She's like, no, he, he now he realizes who you were. And we love watching it. And, and so it was it was great as an actor to get the approval of who you're being. On screen that's that's the ultimate goal you know that's very um, awesome can we, it, can we talk about your wrestling background as far as in the ring because we saw the royal rumble or rather battle royal episode where you kind of did that screw job on on rocky yeah, no, yeah. that was legal man oh that you went through the rope exactly that's true yep so that isn't the, technically that is not a screw job no. Correct. 
Yes, because the rules are over the top rope onto the floor. You gotta rewatch it. We did well, the one Rocky because Rocky didn't know about it. We did the one fantasy thing where they highlighted all the main players where I did get thrown over. Yeah. But in the actual Royal Rumble in episode six or Battle Royal in episode six, I go through the rope. Yeah. You find it. On Hulu, go on Peacock. I will. <laughs> Well, tell us about your, your, I guess, after you got the role, uh, had you done anything pro wrestling related? I know you did, did a lot of stunts. Not I did stunts, but zero pro wrestling. Okay. Um, my wrestling experience started with Chavo Guerrero in Australia on day one out of quarantine. Oh, oh wow. wow. Chavo, awesome. nice. They brought, they brought Chavo in, and uh, what was great was, uh, I, I mean, being a fan of that era. I mean, I loved Eddie. I, yes, I yes. Chavo, Chavo introduced himself, and I was like, "Wait, Chavo, Chavo?" And he was, "Yeah." I was like, "I fucking hate you." What? <laughs> 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 he was, he was a heel, man. It, like, it was his job to hate him. <laughs> I fucking hate you, man. And he was like, "Good, I did my job right." And and uh, but that's yeah, that's how we got along so well. He's he's an amazing guy. And and the work that he did for uh, for Glow, first of all, mm-hmm. um, getting all those girls to wrestle, yes, uh, and and he won he won a SAG award for that. Oh, awesome! For stunts. Uh, yeah. Yes, very very cool. And you mentioned Australia. How did you like shooting in Australia? I mean, obviously, you know, I know there's not much COVID going on there, so that's good. That's safer, number well, one. But they they handled it right, and they could. Yeah. Because- Island. um you fly you fly i mean it takes three days to get there so <laughs> there's, there's the, the 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 wait um over i don't even know the words right now it's late man <laughs> you get to an airport you wait for the next airplane Layover. Layover. yes um yeah it took three days to finally get to brisbane from new jersey and when you get into the airport, the military or the police or government, they take you in a bus. They escort you into a bus. They drive you to a hotel. They walk you into your room. They lock the door, and you don't leave for two weeks. Wow. Whoa, that's strict. Holy <laughs> they have a security guy sitting outside your room the entire time. Wow. What? So you get tested when you go in. You get tested on day 14. If you're clear, you're out. And then everything's open. Wow. For two weeks, you're sitting in a room, counting, naming the walls. You know, Um, fortunately, NBC is so generous with their uh, production. Uh, I I paid for every single one of those days. (laughs) I walked into my room, which ended up being a full apartment with a kitchen and everything. Oh, there you go. A weight set with an exercise bike with access to order groceries from the grocery store and the cops were the ones bringing it to my door. Ah. I walked out of quarantine after two weeks, 10 pounds lighter and shredded. Cause <laughs> I did <didn't> work out. <laughs> um, so quarantine was really good for me. The two weeks. Um, some of the other actors had a really hard time because they were, you know, counting the, the ceiling tiles and stuff. And Wow. They yeah. don't mess around in Australia. It, it's once you're out of quarantine, we we didn't have to wear masks in public. Everything was open. The restaurants, casinos, and 
with this cast, because it was that kind of situation, because we were all in the same hotel. Right. We all did. We did everything together. It was such a family union off screen, which really helped the on screen chemistry. Because day one, when I walked out, the other guys actually were there a week earlier. So they were already out for a week. And I walked down the street just to get a bearing on where everything was and where I was. And I hear, yo, Sheik. (laughs) Sheik, And they're all up on the roof of the hotel. And I go up there and they're having a huge barbecue. Oh, all the cats getting together. That's awesome. And that was like an almost weekly, bi-weekly, uh, it was more than once a week. We'd all have huge roasts up on the roof. We'd go out. If, if someone wasn't filming, we'd do a, a day trip somewhere. Cool. It's never like that when you're an on an acting. It was like a field trip. Like It was like a summer camp versus a, an acting Yeah. Camp. That sounds so, like so much fun, awesome. man. Really special. So you've become a lot of good friends with your fellow cast. Oh yeah, and and what's really great is is Andre the Giant, Matt Willig. Matt yeah. Willig, yeah. He's one of those guys who I idolized as an actor coming into it as a bigger guy. You know, being a bigger guy, I always want to see the success of the other bigger guys. So Matt was one of the guys when I first started acting. He had that um, Planet Fitness commercial where he's like the Uncle Arm kind of thing. I was like, I can be that kind of guy. Right. Get another role. Um, he was he was in that uh, we're the Millers. He was the the eye guy. Yes, 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 yes. Ray was the um, happy face with the tattoo. Like I always see him, and I'm like, okay. And that is, as my career grew, I started auditioning for the same roles he was doing. I was like, one day, one day I'm gonna get him. And then we ended up booking this together. I was like, that's the way I wanted. It. That is that's the way it should be. How tall is he in real life? Yeah, in real life, he's an OG man. How tall is he? Six eight. Okay, so he's he's still he's a big. legit he's a legit giant. Yeah, oh, yeah. He uh he didn't yeah. The, the camera angles didn't need to be fixed that much. <laughs> yeah. Almost seven foot tall. I mean, I think it's excellent casting. Matthew Wilkes perfect. You're perfect as Shiki. Um, Nate Jackson's junkyard dog perfect. Kevin yeah. Makeley as as Randy Macho Man. Wow, he he's got yeah, the he's really uh, good. He's got the Macho Man down, and then the Wild Samoan actors—they're fantastic too. It's, and I, I saw um, even Rocky thought, Johnson's great. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nails it too. And a lot of the cast are are Australian because you do shoot in Australia. There's a lot of Australian actors in the cast, right? Australian and New Zealand. There, there's a good mix of them. Wow, and I think it's amazing because, of course. You have you're, you're pretending you're American. I think the college age rock. He's an Australian actor, yep. and uh, okay. I always find it fascinating that they can hide their Australian accents so well and portray yeah, that in British. The yeah, character. the British yeah. actors and the Australian actors yeah. do a great it was job. Because um, you don't you don't often see that going on, or I haven't. So it was fun for me to hear them practice their lines and like and fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, like, wait, say that again? Fort Lauderdale? Fort Lauderdale? No, Fort Lauderdale? Who <laughs> <laughs> um, plays uh, DJ's mom. Uh, couldn't say Fort Lauderdale, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Fort she was, and she was, she, and she was a mom on set. Like, that's, like, who they played on TV is who they ended up resembling to us. 
right. you know mama leah was our grandmother like oh yeah she's great built our real life and i was you know i i was a centric chic behind the scenes if if like when the guys were going out they, they'd go out to the club or something and they'd walk by the gym at like midnight and they're like chic's in there working out still and i'd just be doing the squat <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Took on, we took on the personalities, like hardcore. Joe, yeah, you got a question? there at all um, filming, or is he just filming his stuff over in the U.S. since he's so busy? Yeah, he was he was still filming Red Notice when we were okay. filming most of our stuff, and then he filmed his stuff privately because his scenes weren't connected right. to ours. Right, right. right. He, I, uh, when we did the script reads, when we, he was always on the Zoom. Oh, calls, okay. Or we were all, he would, and he would give his input of, how he felt an actor or a character um, would relate to him in certain scenes and, and what the true relationship between them were. And, and so it was, it was cool to have him on um, be a part of that. We were hoping that it would fly over. Right. Uh, Interesting. He wasn't even over one time. No, he didn't have to be, you know, why? Yeah. why? Yeah. Um, he's like the busiest man in Hollywood too. Yeah, and he's you know he's he's doing it, and again like it's it's me as a big actor saying oh you're too big for TV, then you got The Rock, the <laughs> who's the most successful actor, technically. Um, yeah. yeah, that yeah. gives me a lot of pride to be the big guy yeah. as an actor. So is that, is that pretty intimidating? Um, getting feedback from him because he like not only is this you know megastar, but he lived this. This is his life. You're portraying people that he actually grew up around. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. In, I was more intimidated knowing that the sheik would watch me be the sheik. Okay. Yeah. And once I got his approval, I was like, all right, I'm I'm happy. Sure. I just reached almost an impossible thing in my mind. But with with DJ, there was one point where uh, love how you call DJ. We yeah. Um, <laughs> After you know your boys, you can call him DJ. Right, DJ. Yes. <laughs> Read a script. And at the end, he kind of got emotional. And he's like, guys, I just just want to, like, and he started talking to the whole cast. He's like, I really want to thank you about how great this is going and how you're bringing it all together. And he started getting emotional, talking about, this is my true life. You know, this means a lot to me. And I stopped and I went, it's okay to cry, Baba. We love you, Baba. And he goes, <laughs> oh, shaky baby. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it was cool. It was so cool to have that. Because he... he jumped right in on the whole family aspect he would he would laugh at the jokes he would you know it was with the rock you know when like you you meet your idols and you hope that they are who they are exactly he's even more that's awesome good that's because i'm biased but he he really is like what you want him to be that's That's good I know, Joe, you were thinking of a question. Your, your wheels were turning, Joe. <laughs> yes, yes. Hi, Brett. Um, I, I was just curious, just because I'm more of uh, one of the OG wrestling fans from, like, the 80s and whatnot, and, and I know you said you're more one of the Attitude Era guys. Is there any wrestlers, um, provided you provided that the show is back for, like, a season two, which we all hope it is, is there any wrestlers you would like to see introduced Oh, that's a great question. Well, I would I would like to continue into the storyline where The Rock becomes the WWF most electrifying man in, mm-hmm. in 
So I want a Stone Cold. I want that that That'd whole cool. that whole era to to jump in. Um, you know, he had some epic. Ba- I, I my favorite thing that The Rock would do is when he would take a stunner from Stone Cold and, and he would it. sell it so well. Always <laughs> that extra foot fish flop. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. The thing that he would do. I don't know why. I always yeah. waited for the moment. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and uh, who else do I want to see that? Um, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta introduce like. What about Hulk Hogan? I thought Hulkster would have been in. Punk! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I was waiting for that. Because <laughs> you know we're gonna see like major stuff between Hogan and Sheik in, in the second season of Young Rock Absolutely. if Hogan came oh, on. Yeah, yeah. That's not the rock storyline, you know. That's true. This is true. Is that with Hogan and Sheik? But yeah, that late to to the rock really. I, what I want to see with the rock and the Sheik is this whole thing where last year Jabroni got introduced in the dictionary. Yes. Yeah. Official word, and the rock is known for the word, but it was the Sheik's word, mm-hmm. and the rock actually posted on social media like he's like, yeah. I made it popular, but it's his word. And he gave credit to, to Sheik, and Sheik was like, respect the legend. Yes, number one. <laughs> I can tell <laughs> an episode. I want to see that moment in the episode, in a further episode. I love that. Yeah, now, I, I, could, I could really see after a few seasons, um, you spinning off and having a young Sheik show. If it's of the wishes of the Sheik and the Sheik's family, I'm all for it. That'd be awesome. (laughs) That would be awesome. I got to get a green light for him. (laughs) Yes, that would be amazing. He could play her dad. I think it would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? Now, I got to ask, Brett, what do you think of DJ Dwayne Johnson? possibly wanting running for president as you know he's got that whole storyline within young rock that that he's actually running for president but he's been he said in interviews that he would not rule it out a possible uh, presidential run and do if you it, think this is show could be pr for Dwayne eventually running down the road if it's what the people really want and it's not just a bandwagon thing mm-hmm um, I think we've had our share of celebrity presidents. We uh, have. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I I support him 100%, but I think he's more valuable as an actor to the world. You know? I think that, I mean, yeah, people, people would think it's a cool thing, but it'd be like, kind of feels gimmicky. And that's not The Rock. Okay. All right. But it's interesting that he brought that storyline of running for president within Young well, Rock. Yeah, he's one of the most famous people in the world. No one, if he did run, he would win. No yeah. one, you know. No matter what party he was, is uh, yeah. Republican, yeah. Democrat, Hell, Independent. I would, I would love to be on his, on his staff. I'd support that. But I think that he's, he's more valuable being him and not being president. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the drama bull party. I like that. <laughs> That's cool. Yes, that would be awesome. Well, um, let's talk about some other acting projects, Brett, because I was looking at your uh, 
IMDb. Um, what can you tell us about um, an upcoming show called Hit and Run? Um, not really much. I uh, I got casted in a co-star pilot with Maitland Ward as the the lead actress. She was uh, the girlfriend in Boy Meets World turned porn star, right? Yeah. But she's going back to legit acting after her stint in porn. Yeah, I, I don't know if she's gonna do both here on out, but um, interesting. It was, cool, it was a cool phone call. It was a friend of mine who actually was like, "Hey, um, I got this little gig going on. We're not sure if it's gonna happen." This was like last year. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not sure what's what's really happening with it, but would you be down? I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Turn it into something pretty legit, and uh, you know, Maitland's Maitland's got a lot of uh, pull and clout. So it, hopefully it really does blow up. I play a, um, I'm casted as a, a character who's the security guy at the porn studio or at the porn studio office. Okay. It's a, a good comedy. I, I don't want to give anything away because it's fucking funny. The script is, is awesome. awesome. The pilot script is great. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to filming it. We haven't started filming yet. Okay. Did it cross your mind that it could have been porn before you signed on? Shit from her after that first post where I got tagged with Maitland. She was like, What the fuck is this? I'm like, It's not a porn. I told you about this. It's a a comedy. (laughs) I love it. I love it, man. Oh, wow. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. I love the film. Tell us about your experience uh, doing stunts on that project. Well, that one, you want to talk about that one first? Or you want to talk Genesis first? Oh, you did Genesis as well. Holy smokes. Genesis was the big one for me. Yes. Uh, it was the whole fight scene where Arnold fights his younger self in the beginning. Right. Yes. So, um, Alan Taylor directed that and he recreated T1, the walk, the naked, the rise, the walk up to the three punks. Laundry, nothing clean, right? You close, give them to me now. Right. Yes, yes. And, and then Arnold kills those three punks, but then Arnold shows up from the future. You won't be needing those. And I turn around and we have this huge locomotive on locomotive fight. And I was his body. And they CGI his head onto my body. Oh, that was you. And the best part about that, we filmed it for like two weeks. Um, I was there for three months project, but that scene took about two weeks. I turn around and I run towards Arnold who's shooting me with a shotgun. I turn around before I get any clothing from the three punks. (laughs) My wardrobe was a sock. <laughs> you think Hollywood would give you something that like ties you down and, and secures everything in place? I had a sock with a drawstring. So anatomically, I'm swinging away, running. Away. <laughs> we're locking up, we're grappling, I'm kicking, I'm drop kicking him. He's I stand over him as he's lying on the ground. Uh, <laughs> Our time together was very personal. (laughs) (laughs) Things are swinging. I get it. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Swinging away. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm the naked Terminator. Um, 
did you ever think growing up that one day you'd be swinging um, <laughs> over <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger? I couldn't have dreamt it any better. <laughs> <laughs> now the ongoing joke is is when I'm when I'm with Arnold somewhere, when I first go <laughs> hi, he goes, I don't know who you are. You're wearing too much clothing. You're not threat. <laughs> the naked guy that's always around. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> So you did that on Genesis, so I guess uh, it was kind of, uh, I guess, leveraged to work your way doing stunts with Dark Fate? Right. Yeah, they uh, they kind of grandfathered me into that. And nice. So I, I got that call. Tim Miller, Tim Miller called me. Um, I was at the gym, and I was in the locker room changing, and he called me on Skype, and I was like, uh, and I just, I answered it, and I'm shirtless, and he goes, well... That's one way to answer the phone. I was like, <laughs> this is for Terminator, right? Like, I'm just, I'm showing you, like, I, I got it. Like, we're gonna... <laughs> and I got into better shape than I was for, for Genesis. And I busted my ass all summer. And I show up on set, and they're like, there's your wardrobe. And it was full pants, a shirt. I was like, what's this clothing bit? I'm the naked guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> piss. So then they put the shirt on me. I was like, can we at least roll up the sleeves? And then so they cut the sleeves a little shorter. And then that whole scene is I'm the one who walks up on the beach with Linda Hamilton and John Connor thinking they saved the world. And I shoot John dead. That was wow. you, Carl at 33 is what it's saying. Right. Wow. John Connor, you sound a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the asshole who kills John Connor. Yeah. So, so you're you're wearing the uh, little dots on the face so they can do the CG over the, your body. The dots on the face were for Genesis. Okay. Um, Dark Fate was just a, a skull cap. It was oh. totally different, totally different um, way of computer animation. Ah, oh, interesting. Wow, that's a good trivia there, man. That's that is cool. awesome. Wow. Yeah. With Genesis, they had me do the full body scan. Like, okay. You know, for it metal detector thing and then it was every day i had to go to hair and makeup for an hour and they put a dot on my face in the same spot every day for the entire filming and then a wig and then uh there was that scene in genesis where it was a flashback scene and sarah connor is a little girl and she's in the water and she gets picked up by the terminator and carried off into the woods yeah and i wore a mask for that and they just see she had the mask um, but yeah, that was cool. Now with Dark Fate, so I had my moment with Arnold with Genesis. Yes, can't beat that. Um, <laughs> forever, forever in my heart, and forever I will never be embarrassed again in my life. <laughs> of course. But with Dark Fate, that was my moment with Linda Hamilton, and I showed up. I showed up. In, we filmed in Spain. And I got there and I saw her and I just kind of went like, that's, that's, that's her. That's, that's, and I walked up and I just went, I, my, I've lost words. And I went, wow. Pull up. <laughs> and I just said, pull ups. And she just gave me this huge cut, big kiss on the lips. Oh, wow. Oh, and wow. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was starting, she got me more starstruck than anyone I've, I've ever been. Because growing up, like that scene where she's in her cell doing the pull-ups, like that. Yeah. I could not beat that scene. Wow. But when we did the, so the scene that I was filming, when I walk up, 
I, I hold the gun up and I shoot John. She was doing the fight choreography of that because she wanted to make sure that it was everything Sarah Connor was, you know, in, in 1992, 1993. Mm-hmm. And so we did rehearsal and Maggie, the, her stunt double, jumped on me and tried to get the gun and, and did whatever. And then I threw her and Linda was like, no, like this is, this is the biggest moment of this franchise. You don't kill John. You do everything you can. And she clicked. She went into Sarah Connor and I'm standing there. And all of a sudden Linda jumps on my back, scratches my face, elbows me in the nose. And I just take it, take it, take it. I'm bleeding out of my lip. And then she snaps back out. She goes, Oh my God, Brett, I'm so sorry. I was like, they CGI my face. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's the coolest moment with her. Like, she kicked my ass, man. Interview, <laughs> and it's still awesome. <laughs> Legit Sarah Connor beating. And I, I couldn't have been happier. That's amazing. That's to get beat cool. up by Sarah yeah. Connor, get a bloody nose, yeah. <laughs> and be happy about it. Doesn't it get better than that. The highlight, it was the highlight of filming that. That is amazing. Sure. Well, Brett, wow, we thank you so much. This is an incredible interview on Below the Belt Show. So uh, if we could, before we let you go, we'd like for you to do a promo. Let us know who you are. Maybe uh, say it as yourself first, then do your Iron Sheik, and then at the end, maybe bring in Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then let us know you're on Below the Belt. (laughs) Okay. So all you jabronis out there, this is Brett Azar. The Iron Sheik on NBC's Young Rock, which airs on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. If you don't watch, I break your back. I am also the Young Terminator. Yeah, it's fantastic. If you haven't seen Genesis, go watch it. If you haven't seen Doc Fate, go watch it. And again, you jabronis. Yeah, I'm doing Arnold and saying the Sheik words. Yeah, you all watch Below the Belt. Come on, do it now. It's there. It's streaming. Click the link. Do it. Come on. Yes, bye-bye. I love you. Number one. That was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> thank you, Brett. That was amazing. Brett Azar, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Woo. Awesome. And let's we do our photo walk. Season two of Young Rock. Oh, that be. There yeah. definitely will be a season two. <laughs> All right. Let's do a snapshot on the count of three, okay? Ready? All right. One, two, three. Awesome. Groovy. Groovy. Brett, have a great night. You're uh, in Jersey, yeah? Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. East Coaster. And it's getting late. But thank you so much for an incredible interview on Below the Belt. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Yep. Bye-bye. Peace. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) That was Brett Azar, guys. Iron Sheik. That was pretty incredible. From Young Rock. (laughs) That was pretty awesome, man. He did the whole Arnold thing. He did all that stuff. That was... uh, Pretty, pretty cool, guys. So just got a couple more things before we wrap up tonight's show because, uh, oh, man, so much going on. But uh, I wanted to skip ahead from the, the TV stuff that we have and maybe should we go into some WWE stuff because I know we're kind of like getting towards the end where people are going to start uh, turning into pumpkins. <laughs> but... Uh, much like uh, Brett, I am also an East Coast person. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, pretty much all of you are East Coast people, right? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Except for Artie, party Artie. Yep, I, um, I got I got time to go, man. But um, I guess um, the trial that everybody's watching really quick. Yes, uh, Minneapolis, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin um, found guilty all three. Um, counts, um, which was murder in the second degree, murder in the third degree, and manslaughter. Um, and this is for uh, the death of George Floyd uh, in May of 2020. Um, the highest rated CNN coverage, um, 4.03 million viewers in that time slot for the live verdict reveal. Um, and um, we saw President Joe Biden um, talk about it as well and called it a giant step forward uh, in the fight against systemic racism, but he declared that it's not enough. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, celebrities have chimed in on the verdict, you know. Shocker. Of course, but this was a little interesting because Ray Fisher, who is um, cyborg in the Justice League in uh, Josh Whedon, both Josh Whedon's version, and then given an expanded role in the Zack Snyder cut, which was much better. Um, basically, it, it started with Warner Media um, uh, making a statement and for them being contradictory to how he was treated. So basically, Warner Media said, while this verdict doesn't bring back those who, who we've so wrongly lost, we know that it brings us closer to significant change. We reaffirm our commitment to be a part of the solution by using our platforms, content, and resources to advance racial equity and social justice. Ray Fisher response says, how fucking dare you, Warner Media? Oh, now I'm pissed. <laughs> uh, basically, he experienced all that on the set of Justice League. Uh, what he said, yeah. Joss Whedon's... Um, unprofessional behavior and abu verbally abusive behavior. And um, basically he's, he thinks it's hypocritical for Warner brothers, you know, to uh, make that statement basically, um, you know, based on how it was treated, but I don't know guys. I mean, uh, I definitely was watching the show of trial intently. And of course we're not a political show. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, but, uh, Joss like a dick to everybody on the set. He was, and, and then he and then he um, reduced everybody's role in that movie for the most part. You know, compared compared well, to the Snyder cut. Flash, Flash, and Cyborgs uh, in particular were and, reduced to okay. like cameos, really. Well, what's what's Flash? And now Is they're more co-stars in the Zack Snyder cut. <clears throat> Is Flash on black? No. Okay, no. Well, the actor playing Flash is gay. <laughs> what? Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller is gay, yeah. If you didn't I don't know think I knew he was gay, honestly. Yeah. There's something new every day? Yeah, so... I'm saying, I don't see what was racial about what he thought his treatment was on um, on the set. You know, like, um, it seems like Joss was a dick to everybody. He was a dick to Gal, he was a dick yeah. to Jeremy Irons. Um, but of course now he's tying it into the whole Chauvin trial verdict and Warner Brothers course, yeah. making a statement. But um, yeah, man, I, I feel justice was served, you know. Um, and 
sentencing for Chauvin won't happen um, until about roughly eight weeks from now. So sometime in June, we're going to find out how long that he'll be locked up for. So Well, and there's going to be appeals as well. So, I mean, you know, you know, it, it, it is just beginning. Yeah, but, it's uh, never clean and easy. They're certainly yeah. going to do whatever they got to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think he'll probably die in prison either at an old age or a young, younger age. <laughs> yeah, if they don't, if they don't put him either in solitary confinement, then they better put right. him in some sort of cushy, you know, low risk thing. Because like where Martha they Stewart put him was. in any sort of, they put him in Gen Pop. He's dead in a week. Yeah, and that's so he's he solid, being gracious. Yeah. He's in solitary right now, according to the news article I, I read. Yeah. He, I, I imagine they're going to keep him in solitary until sentencing. But once they've they've handed down his whatever, however many years, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, yep. Do so you think a lot of fellow prisoners could target him? I think I think in general, like he's got a certain big target on his back because of this. In general, if you're a cop going to prison, you're fucked. He's exactly. just—he's uh, just fucked by orders of magnitude more. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in general, it's never good for a cop to go to prison for them because they're cops and child molesters. Those two—they don't last. Oh yeah, Jared Fogel—he's—he's he's had some people like assault him in prison. Well, he's, he's lucky he's of, not dead yet. So well, he's had a lot of footlongs, right? Yeah. <laughs> Still like <laughs> you. <laughs> Any Simpsons fans here? Oh, are are you going to talk about Morrissey? Yes. Uh, How did you know? I'm a big Morrissey fan, I, well, big Smith fan. I think he's an asshole, but I love his music. Um, they <laughs> they did a parody of him, uh, voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch, um, and they called him Quillaby as Lisa's new imaginary friend. Uh, depressed, uh, they call him depressed British singer from the 80s. Um, but um, apparently Morrissey uh, wasn't um, wasn't too thrilled. Let's just say about it wasn't well received by Morrissey or those or those close to him. His manager um, called out to Simpsons for expounding on vicious rumors regarding Morrissey. Um, you know, Morrissey's you know very strict vegan. He's you know, he he very vocal about his veganism. Um, but, you know, I thought it was all in good fun. You know, I don't <clears throat> I think um, Morrissey should have just took this, you know, as as, you know, parody and took it with, uh, with a sense of humor. But instead, he kind of just tore it up. <laughs> so <clears throat> but um, let's let's talk a little bit about WWE and wrap it tonight show, guys, because. <clears throat> I'm just shocked by some of the uh, releases in the WWE, which came on April 15th. So basically, you got all these guys on WrestleMania busting their ass pretty much all WrestleMania week. And then you give them the pink slip days after. And I just. Granted, you know, WrestleMania, you get all those nice, cushy bonuses or whatever. You get that big paycheck for WrestleMania. You get that yeah. paycheck, so... That's not so bad. It's not so bad, but at the same time, you know, these guys work their asses off. But the biggest surprise I have are the ones that were active on WrestleMania. That's Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce. They've been very active with the company up until their release. Um, 
Samoa Joe was a big shocker, man. He he's come a long way as a commentator. Um, of course, he's had concussion issues, so they didn't want to clear him to, to wrestle. But he's a commentator that was actually in the ring and can really legitimately comment on everything going on in that ring. Um, so when we saw Corey Graves on the Raw following WrestleMania and we didn't see Samoa Joe there, I'm like, wow, I guess he's going over to SmackDown with Michael Cole. That wasn't the case. We saw Pat McAfee with Michael Cole on SmackDown. Um, and of course they announced that Samoa Joe had been released from his contract. Um, I'm ups- as a Samoa Joe fan, it, I'm, I'm really upset about that. I'm really upset about that release. Um, he still had so much, if you think about dream matches, Samoa Joe is one of those wrestlers that can go with so many other, um, talents, um, in any, really any promotion. You always think of the dream matches, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, you know. Um, granted, we can see those dream matches over in AEW if he wants to go over there, but I think Samoa Joe still had a lot left in uh, the WWE. Sadly, released from his contract. Um, Joe, are you a Samoa Joe fan? Uh, were you surprised to see him released? I am. I, I think it's a bit of bad luck because he has been injured a lot. Um, and... I guess for whatever reason, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes by McMahon's whims at times. And right. I, I never like to question anything McMahon does because he's proven time and time again that he knows the wrestling business. And, you know, he's you know, he just was recently a billionaire. I'm not sure if he still is, but but he's but he knows what he's doing. That said, a few of the choices for people um, for for people he released, like Samojo, like Chelsea Green, who is an incredible star in the making. Uh, yes. Although she also has had injury concerns. She's had as well. some bad injuries. Yes. So it's it's I I hope everything works out for everybody who was released. But at the end of the day, I've learned that it's it's best not to question anything McMahon does because he's he, because more often than not, he turns out to be right. So he is we'll, the businessman. He's the CEO of the company. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We will see what happens, but I, I would never bet against him. Okay. Well, the iconics were very surprised because Billy Kay had that, you know, gimmicky resume. Here's my resume. Call me gimmick. Um, and Peyton Royce just cut a fantastic promo before she wrestled Asuka on Raw. Um, both great looking girls, um, mm. maybe so so in the ring, but great on the mic. So maybe yeah. the lacking in the work work rate um, area as far as her wrestling skills didn't meet up to par with a lot of the other um, female um, superstars in the WWE, but they were great on the mic. And they, yeah. I think, just. The fact that they split up the Iconics was kind of like, you know, sadly, the start of the end of uh, their run in WWE. A lot of the other names I wasn't I wasn't surprised and I'm not too upset about. And, of course, um, that includes Mickey James, who was kind of more like a producer trainer role. Mm. Um, and then Tucker, who's one half of Heavy Machinery, where Otis became a star. Tucker kind of faded in the back. Mm-hmm. Callisto, one of the um, uh, Lucha House party members, 
That's a little surprising. He was kind of like a Ray Mysterio in the making. Bo Dallas, who is Bray Wyatt's brother, um, surprising, um, only because you know Bray Wyatt is held in such high regard. But I am okay with mm-hmm. Bo Dallas um, uh, being cut. Uh, Wesley Blake, who was one of the Forgotten Sons, um, and he certainly was forgotten <laughs> in Vince's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and um, Maryland's own Mojo Raleigh. Um, oh, I know they kept kept them because Gronk, uh, Rob Gronkowski, was a part of uh, WWE until he decided to um, unretire from football and go back to uh, joining his boy Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Bucks. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, you know very surprising thing. Here's the thing: at the end of the day, there's only so many hours of TV each week. And I know everybody's saying, you know, oh, well, well, they'll go to Impact, you know, they'll go to AEW, they'll go yes. wherever. And, and, honor, but, huh? but, but, the, but these promotions are going to run out of spaces soon, too. And I mean, you're already hearing about people who are complaining, well, maybe not complaining, but who have expressed, you know, wanting more screen time in these other promotions as well. So I... At the end of the day, I don't think that the WWE is doing the wrong thing by giving these people more chances to go elsewhere. I but these other promotions are starting to get overloaded with talent as well. So I, I, I just, you know, I don't know how it's going to end up because it's like, you know, you know, everybody likes to beat up on WWE for their for kind of being bullies and for getting rid of people during a pandemic which of course is right which of course does suck you know what i mean but it's but i i you can't please everybody and you know you're you're going to have jobbers no no matter what promotion they're in <laughs> right and I, and I just <laughs> hope that people understand that the grass is not always greener on the other side yeah. you know yeah even though they like to pretend it is that way. And this, and this happens yeah. every year after WrestleMania. They always have a big cut that's right after right. WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, that's right. Because they're Spring doing the roadmap. Cleaning. Yeah, they're doing the roadmap for next WrestleMania starting like now and trying to figure out that whole thing. So yeah. if they don't see people on that roadmap, then, you know, that's not going to pay them. Yeah. And, of course, it, it, it comes uh, right before the big uh, – like shareholders meeting and uh you know budget meetings that they have so yeah i mean they gotta cut some talent it is what it is what was is. your opinion on mania the guy i know you probably talked about it last week but i didn't watch it yeah mania um joe did you get a chance to check it check it out i i checked out night two night two okay sure. um you know what the the two night um rip mania definitely gives a lot of talent a chance to shine and i think they should Think about using the two-night format going forward. I don't know if it's only a pandemic thing, um, but um, I think it really works because you can showcase a lot of the talents in the two nights, mm-hmm. um, expand the length of the matches. So seven matches, so you had 14 total matches between two nights. And everything's just not rushed because I remember a lot of WrestleManias had those squash matches due to time um, constraints. I, I, I recall Samoa Joe winning... Uh, I believe against Rey Mysterio at one WrestleMania in like record time. It was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember that match? So it's like, yeah, and plus, and plus now, not have you know, those matches anymore, you know, I'm sure like, I'm sure they don't get a lot of money now from pay-per-view buys anymore. I'm sure everyone's watching like on Peacock or 
before WWE Network. So there's no reason, like before, you would never get people to spend like 50 bucks each night for Saturday and Sunday night for WrestleMania. So I think it's a probably a smart move on their part to just, just like space it out. You know, they're getting it for basically free on Peacock anyway. So why just try for one night? Yeah. Both main events were solid. I mean, well, of course, the Sasha Banks, uh, Bianca Belair main, um, main evented on night one. And that was the first time two African-American women were showcased in the main event. So that was historical in some sense. But regarding the Drew McIntyre, uh, Bobby Lashley match, uh, I, I definitely thought that Drew was going to go over on that match. Um, and then with the Roman Reigns match versus Edge and Daniel Bryan, exciting match. Great match. I, yeah, um, I, I I actually did think that um, Brett Daniel Bryan would pin Edge. That was my prediction because going with the WrestleMania main event, um, making fans leave happy at the at the last match. Apparently, that's not the case anymore. Um, they like to throw those swerves in. I didn't think Roman Reigns was going to lose, but I thought Daniel Bryan was going to beat Edge. That that was a little surprising there, but um. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, but it seems like every other title changed. So, but overall, a very, very exciting WrestleMania. Of course, the you have the WrestleMania backlash, the next pay-per-view, as uh, Drew gets his rematch against Bobby Lashley. So that should be really exciting. But, um, but if you're being honest, it's, it's, it's a far cry from the old magic of WrestleMania, right? From back in the day? Yes. It's just the, another the, pay-per-view, really. Well, I mean, maybe a little better. This particular WrestleMania didn't bring back a lot of the old the old timers and the part timers. We love to see the Undertaker. We love to see Brock Lesnar, even though he's you know some people don't like him because he is a part timer. But did Hogan, did Hogan show up. I'm Hogan didn't show up in the ring, but he was on stage when they brought out the Hall of Fame recipients. Okay. Did that um, 2020 class, 2021 class? They come out to the stage and then they get honored that way, but they didn't get involved. I would have loved to have seen NWO attacks, you know, one of the, ma- you know, just get they involved in one of the matches. Get they didn't physical. do that. Wow. They did not even do that. NWO didn't show up at WrestleMania. NWO did not interfere in anything in WrestleMania. That's they crazy. Did, That's crazy. They, they just did their hall of fame thing. And, yeah. uh, um, so th- that was why this particular WrestleMania was a little lackluster. They didn't have that special, um, Thing, other than Bad Bunny, which was a huge surprise because he did that um, Canadian Destroyer finisher, which <laughs> was amazing to see. This is a, a, a Grammy Award-winning rapper artist that had very little training in wrestling. Well, Grammy doesn't mean much anymore, but go on. You know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, but that's all I have, man, for, for WWE and entertainment. We, we definitely skipped ahead, but of course we have to acknowledge those that, that are no longer with us that sadly have passed away, including Helen McCrory, English stage and screen actress from the Harry Potter films, mm. have passed away at the age of 52 uh, with a battle of cancer. Fuck she, cancer. Oh. Fuck yeah. cancer. Exactly. Severely. Yeah, she, she was married to... Uh... Damian Lewis, uh, I, I didn't know that. Who was she married who, to Damian? Lewis? Oh wow! Oh yes, who played the Damian lead character Lewis. on Homeland. Yeah, absolutely, very, very good. Yep. And also wow, is that... on that show Billions, I think. Is it Billions? Yeah. Damian, oh, he was on Homeland. Oh, what? He, he was, was on, on Homeland and as Billions. the Oh Billions. Okay. Yeah. Wow, 
52. So sad. Uh, Cousin It from the Adams Family uh, passed away. Felix Sila. Yeah. Yeah, passed away at the age of 84. (laughs) Which I didn't know that was a real actor in there. Yeah, in Cousin It, yeah. Yeah. Alma Wahlberg from A&E's Wahlbergers and the mother of Mark and Donnie Wahlberg passed away at the age of 78. Damn. Uh, Walter Mondale, um, U.S. Vice President serving under Jimmy Carter. It's so terrible. I, I thought he was dead. I thought he was too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 93. Well, I think because you didn't really hear anything from him like in the past like yeah. 30 years. I mean, I guess after he lost to Reagan so big in 84, yeah. he just kind of just disappeared off the political map. Well, exactly. well, he came back in like 2004 or so and ran for Senate again, but he oh, lost. Oh, did he? Okay. In Minnesota, yeah. But he, uh, but yeah, it, <laughs> I feel terrible. Yeah. I thought he was long gone. Yeah, that, that, that was the only too. state. Minnesota was the only state that he won against Reagan. I mean, Reagan won 49 yeah. states. His one minute, which you'll probably never see again in your lifetime. Jimmy, Jimmy is roughly the same age as, as Walter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jimmy's, Jimmy's still hanging in there. So. Knock on wood. Knock on yeah, wood. Knock on wood. Um, Survivor um, contestant from Millennials versus Gen X, Sunday Burquist. She's actually a friend of Johnny Fairplay's, our buddy Johnny Fairplay. Um, she sadly died due to cancer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, fuck cancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Horrible. Uh, Black Rob, uh, associated with Bad Boy Records, behind the hit single Woe, collaborated um, with uh, Sean Diddy Combs, passed away due to cardiac arrest. And Jen Steinman, Chachi, you sent me this guy. He's known for huge hits from Meatloaf, Air Supply, Celine Dion, Bonnie Tyler had passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did uh, Total Clips of the Heart. Total Clips of the Heart. Bad Out of Hell. Yeah. Um, you know, Air yeah. Supply at another making love at another call. And um, wow, even the Sisters of Mercy, he did some songwriting for them as well. Wow. Um, and of course, with death, we celebrate life. Gross. Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey, and, and Travis Brown are, are expecting um, their first child due September 22nd. So we're not going to see Ronda in a WWE ring for a while. We thought she was coming back because she was training. Um, I really thought she was coming back for WrestleMania. I thought she was going to be a surprise entrance, but um, Ronda is... Um, so which one's carrying again? the baby? Which one? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a tough fight, like both of those yeah. strong people. Right? <laughs> and so, uh, celebrating a birthday today, Queen Elizabeth II is 95. Mm. Happy birthday, Your Majesty. Um, Iggy Pop. He's older than ninety-five, Mondo. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that? No, I, 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 I just said, I just said that she beat Walter Mondale. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> she did. She did. Iggy Pop, seventy-four. Uh, Tony Danza from Who's the Boss is seventy today. Damn. Mc- yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Andy McDowell, sixty-three. Robert Smith of the Cure, sixty-two. Sixty-two. Wow. Can you believe that? Wow. Um. James McAvoy um, is 42. Great actor right there. Frank Delane from Fear of the Walking Dead is 30. And uh, Sidney Sirota of, Air, of Echo Smith is 24. Those are birthdays today. So um, that's it for tonight's Below the Belt show uh, slash TWD. That was disappointing crossover show. Yeah. I'd like to thank 
course, uh, the amazing panel, starting with the TWD's own Art Hall and Lex. Whoop, whoop. Thanks a lot for, of fun, uh, guys. Thanks for having joining us. us. And we're looking for myself and Chachi are looking forward to joining you guys um, for your taping next week. Yeah, we'll have you over yeah. for our little clam bake. We're looking forward to slumming it, you know what I mean? Getting down in the dirt again. Absolutely. You know, like our, like yeah. our humble beginnings, you know. We've been up here in this penthouse for so long now. It's, it's, we won't get down with the common people, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you, you got to come see what it's like to live life on the side where we're not getting paid to do a podcast. So, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a really tough yeah. life over here. Yeah, so. It was great to have you two on tonight. I hope um, we did make your wish come true for both of you. Uh, you know what? My wish has never been more wished. Great job. Yeah, great job, guys. Fantastic. Of course, Chachi, the king of the 80s. That's After right. We listen to the podcast. Oh, yes. Throw it out. How can we? How can we listen to? How can we listen to? Is it on 8-track? How can you listen to it? Why, why would you want to? Joe, where can they where can they find us? Let's see. That would be the Apple Store, Spotify, okay. Stitcher if you're desperate, and uh, <laughs> Google, Google, was it? Google, yeah. Google. There you go. Yeah, there Google we go. Podcasts. That was disappointing. Cool. Yeah. So, so somebody's like bored and they listen to every other podcast um, that's out there, they can give you guys a shot? That's and right. Here's what I'd say. It's all right. That, that was disappointing. Mm-hmm. TWD, the only show with the initials TWD that people still listen or tune into. Boom. Yeah. Walking, walking Dead. dead. Yeah. You're definitely burying the Walking Dead. <laughs> Art and Lex, thanks for joining us. Of course, Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s, our special guest, Brett Azar, the Iron Shiki, baby. Make you humble. Yeah, I think he's one of our top guests. I think just like how funny he was in his stories. Real nice story. guy. Yeah. I mean, anybody story. who anybody who has hung dong on um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is all right in my book. Hey, you know? <laughs> swinging That's a badge of honor. Yeah. Yes. Hey guys, I'm Al Celebrity Soto, your host for the most guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, for the cool cut, since it's Robert Smith's birthday, I had a, I had a tough time deciding between. Morrissey because of the symptoms episode or Robert Smith because it was his birthday today from the cure. So um, I decided to go with the cure because Robert Smith uh, has his birthday today. And this is from an album from 35 years ago. It's a compilation of the cure, the best of singles called standing on a beach. So it's their pretty much their first 10 years as a band. Uh, One, one of the best tracks on that album, which apparently very critically acclaimed compilation, this uh, Standing on the Beach compilation, is A Forest. So one of my favorite Cure songs, A Forest, uh, to close tonight's Below the Belt show. So uh, uh, I guess thank you so much from everyone uh, on the panel to Brett Azar, our special guest. And we'll see you guys next week. And uh, we look forward to joining you guys on TWD. Oh, yeah. Be ready for it. All right. All right, until then, we'll see you you guys next time. Peace Peace out. Peace.
Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.